You, you want to see something really scary? What's the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, it was. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the Grave Plot Podcast. Welcome, boys and girls, to episode 201 of the Grave Plot Podcast. I am Skeletoni. I am Taylor of Terror, and I can't believe it's only been two weeks. Right? I know. It's weird. <laughs> I also can't believe it's already been two weeks. <laughs> yeah. It went by fast. Uh, I mean, just... It, the, 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 was it two months? Almost, almost three months. Uh, no, two yeah, months. I don't know. Because we recorded in May, and then we didn't record again until July. So it was two months, I guess. Um, that uh, it seemed like it went by quick, but then when we were sitting down to record, it's like God, it's been forever since we've done this. But now, yeah, it's two weeks. Went by, you know, like two weeks does. Well, I had visitors but, in town last weekend, so like that flew by. So. Mm. I lost that weekend, and so now I was just like, wait, it's already time to record again? All right. Yeah. Uh, what did I do? What did I even do I, I last week? Nothing. I did nothing. <laughs> well, I'm just like, I'm sure I did something last weekend, but I sure as hell can't think of what it was. Masturbated? I mean, probably. Constantly. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. How's it going, Taylor? It's going going pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll be honest with you, when we had that whole two month thing and we just like kept pushing off episodes and kept pushing off episodes, part of me was like, Well, this is probably done. The, the show? Yeah. It kinda at times felt that way. And like honestly, I mean, maybe you felt this way about me. I don't know, but like there was there were times where I'm like, Man, Taylor's just not gonna want to do this anymore. <laughs> um I mean, I was like, but I mean, like, I can't just magically make time to do it. Like, there's a reason we're not doing it right now. Yeah. I mean, it was never us being lazy or anything. Like, it was, it was always because of other things coming up. Yeah. But I mean, things are pretty, pretty wide open now. Yeah. And we're like, like, all of a sudden we're hitting the ground running. Uh, we, we've got a date for the Grave Plot Film Fest. Yeah. Uh, February 4th, 2023. We're going to start taking submissions here on August 1st. So if you've got a short film, get ready to submit it. Uh, we've also had some talks about doing some things in October that we can't talk about yet, but uh, could be very cool. Mainly because there's not really anything to talk about yet. Well, yeah, nothing <laughs> nothing in cement. So we're not, yeah, we're not on NDAs or anything. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah it, it, it's basically just ideas that have been floated. There's nothing... Nothing been hammered out at all yet. It's just things that we might be doing. Yeah. It's weird because people are coming to us and they're being like, hey, do you want to do this? And we're just like, more? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sh- sure. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know. I don't know how to answer. Anyway, um, yeah, that's it's pretty exciting that you know, after nine years, almost nine years, mm-hmm. uh, that you know we're still we still got a little, little gas in the tank. Yeah, you know? a little juice left. Yeah, um, pushing forty, but we're still going. <laughs> Also, uh, speaking of the Great Plot Film Fest, I got to say, you know, the plan is, of course, to be back in the Ark Lodge this year, uh, God willing. Yeah. I mean, you know, last year, well, I should say earlier this year, it was like, okay, I mean, things are starting to get better. We think we can do this. Mm -hmm. But then, then, like... You know, things are getting better gradually. And it's like, okay, by February, maybe things will be okay. And it just wasn't. And it just like we didn't feel good about it. Um, It was like the combination of the rise of Delta and then people being like, oh, we're good now. It's like, no, no. Yeah. (laughs) We're going the right way. That doesn't mean stop. Yeah. And, you know, had the mask mandate been dropped already? Uh, I can't remember when that happened. God, I don't remember either. I but don't it, think so. But it's like, you know, we were going to be checking vaccination cards. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we were going to have people wearing masks. And it's just like, I think, for me, at least, I mean, I don't know where your head was at necessarily, but, like, the combination of all those restrictions that we would just have to put in place on top of, um, you know, trying to get people to come out of their houses and feeling comfortable, you know, it's just like, you know, we can do it, but we're, we're not going to. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was our call. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the grave plot film fest is very, uh, like very, tightly balanced (laughs) in that the money that we get from last year's film fest goes directly into next year's film fest right and it comes literally comes down to if we do not have the money to pay for the theater rental then we don't do it yeah luckily we've had the ability to do that and you know luckily because we didn't do the theater last year we have some money still put away for this coming year, hopefully, right? Yes. We okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I checked it this morning. I was like, I don't even know how much money we have. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, we do, we, we, of course, uh, admission price and, um, you know, sponsorships, uh, those are, th- those also go directly into helping us finance next year's event. Because um, our overhead is not high. Yeah. Especially now, because, you know, we used to provide beer and soda. Mm-hmm. We can't do that anymore. Right. Which is kind of a bummer, but whatever. Um, but it's still available. Yeah. Just, sorry, you got to buy it now. Right. Um, anyway, so that used to be part of our overhead, and we don't have that anymore. So now our overhead is even less, which is great. But, again, it's, it really comes down to how much money we have to put into next year's event. Right, we we stopped doing the first two years. We did Indiegogo, mm-hmm. um, and we, I mean, 
it felt weird doing that for a virtual one in the first place. Yeah. But also like we, you know, it, it feels really weird to be like, Hey, give us, you know, $25, $50 to help put this thing on. Okay. Now come buy a ticket. Like, yeah, that feels kind of shady. So we don't like doing that. We would rather get sponsors money, by the way, sponsorships now available, uh, contact at greatplatfilmfest.com. I would, and you know, we would rather, uh, Pass on the savings, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we don't want to. We don't want to try and nickel, di- nickel and dime the the patrons to death. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we did the Indiegogo, we tried to provide some some perks. Mm-hmm. You know, as limited as as they w- were. Um, but ultimately, it's just if it were me, it's just like, eh. I mean, if I'm donating, it's because I'm donating to the cause, which should technically be the point anyway. But, you know, there are a lot of people just like, okay, I'm donating to get the perks. Yeah. That's fine, too. You know. But, I mean, that also, that takes out of, you know, we got to provide those perks. That takes out of the donation. Exactly. So, it's like, yeah, do we just say, hey, you know, give us $12 and have a ticket to the show? Or do we say, hey, give us $20 and a ticket to the show and a t-shirt that we got to pay $12 for? (laughs) Like, Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we'd have to bump that donation for those two things. We'd have to bump that donation up to like fifty bucks just to be worth it, right? Anyway, so that's—I mean—that's that's how the sausage gets made, I guess. Yeah. Um, and like to Tony's point, um, you know, we we've always said, as far as everything in the show goes, that we're not putting any of this money into our pocket. So the the money, both from Patreon, which I we'll get to in a second, as well as everything for the film fest. <clears throat> goes back into either the podcast or the film fest. And so, you know, if we get, if we sell the place out and if we get lots of good sponsors and stuff, we can make the film fest better. Uh, yeah. And that, that's the thing. Cause you know, we had a good thing going where we had a pretty successful first year sold out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were both shocked that we sold out. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't the second year we did. Second year we went to the bigger theater. Right. And didn't sell that one out, which was kind of disappointing, but we, we anticipated that. But we did outsell the first year. Exactly. Um, but, you know, having two years of virtual um, um, festivals, we are not necessarily anticipating that huge draw. Yeah, we're kind of back at square one. Yeah, which is a bummer we're i mean i think we're back in the same theater we were the first year right i think so yeah which is that's fine i mean it's it's a more intimate setting but you know we want to get some good successful years under our belt so we can build back up to the larger venue i mean not not venue but larger theater and but i mean also our college has always been very good to us Mm -hmm. in that if, if we do sell out they they may move us to the bigger theater that's the thing if we sell out, oh, you mean the same year? Yeah, yeah. That that was, I think. Uh, well, I guess first year they they said if we sold out the theater or if we oversold, they would move us to the bigger one. Mm-hmm. And how that work? Because I know we cut it off at a hundred, didn't we? Yeah, because we didn't want to oversell. I don't. I don't remember. I don't remember either. Else. But maybe anyway. it wasn't the first year. Remember, maybe it was. 
maybe that was talked about for the third year and then it got canceled or something. Could, I don't remember. That could but, be what it was. Um, yeah, they've said that if, you know, if we sell, I don't, we haven't talked about it this year, but they've said in the past that if we sell out, then they can move us to a bigger theater. Right. So yeah, we would love to sell out. And like I said, we'd love to get uh, some really good sponsors. And so we like to do giveaways. You know, in the past we've given away items at the door for little, little keepsakes. Uh, we could even do like, you know, contest giveaways or something. Uh, it'd be great to be able to bring in some get some special guests. Yeah. We did a raffle one year. That's true. We did. Yeah. Yeah. We had um, Hourglass Escapes, which is an escape room company here in, in, in town um, that was one of our sponsors one year. And they gave us a, was a $200 voucher, mm-hmm. um, which was enough for like four or five people. I think five. I think five. Yeah. Or six even. Um, yeah. We gave that away and. I feel like we did something else, but I, I can't remember what. Um, anyway, so yeah, it, it, we try to make it fun. You know, we're a small scale operation, but you know, we're always we're trying to to build things up, and that is where the audience that's where audience participation comes in. But anyway, so yeah, uh, that like Taylor said, we're going to be doing submissions at the beginning of August, so keep an eye out for that. And ticket information, as always, will come out mm-hmm. on Halloween. Right, that's become kind of our gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Like I said, if you look, if you're interested in sponsorship, uh, you can just send me an email at uh, contact at graveplotfilmfest dot com uh, or Taylor of Terror at, at graveplotfilmfest dot com will work as well. Uh, there's something else I wanted to say, but I don't remember what it was. I don't know. <laughs> it was something about money. Bring money. Oh, we have merch. We have merch on our on yeah, at dot com. You can buy merch. And you can also you can donate to the show. Uh we have a PayPal. I think there's a, a PayPal link on the greatplotpodcast.com as well. Yep. And like I said, all the money just gets rolled right back into the show. It helps make the show bigger, better, longer, faster, harder. harder. <laughs> <laughs> so hard. Cool. Well, um oh and also in the past we've had uh um uh kellen and z-manzilla and james vanderbeek not that one do our poster work and i want to shout out to this year's poster artist probably hopefully skeletony art hey that, that's me am i gonna get paid for it fuck no <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I'm pulled> <laughs> uh yeah i mean that's that's the the tentative plan See if I can come up with something. Uh, we were just talking about saucy. before we started that our our whole branding last year was all revolved around being back in the theater, and then we weren't. And so now we're just like, what do we do now? Right. I don't know. I can just copy our last year. <laughs> Although we don't necessarily have the same sponsors, do we? No. I think we'll have at least one. At least one. Right? Didn't you say that he told me to contact him when we're ready? Yeah. Uh, so there's that. Anything anyway, else? anything else new? What's what's going on in your world? Uh how's Taylor? Not much. You finally got to meet my new dog. She hated yeah. you at first, but now she's passed out right behind you. Yep. What would happen if I just pet her right now? She might be okay it's with like, it. <laughs> yeah, she might freak out. She won't bite you or anything. She's very tame, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'll let her come to me. You know. Yeah. 
That's how you get women. <laughs> you just play hard to get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, you can start nagging my dog. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That uh, that collar that was real fashionable like a year ago. <laughs> totally doesn't make you look fat either. <laughs> um. Yeah, not much going on for me. I got, got my car hat. back. What? You got a new hat. I did get a new hat. <laughs> it's exciting, isn't it? But she's got a new hat. <laughs> uh, I got my car back, which is nice. Which is nice. Um, I going for me. Only cost me... One million dollars. Well, I mean, when all is said and done, like accounting for everything that I had to put into it, about a thousand dollars. Which isn't awful. But well, what I wasn't expecting well, to pay a thousand dollars. And what's irritating is the whole thing should have been covered under a warranty. But Ooh, yeah, that is because Ford can't get their thumb out of their ass. Actually, it's not their fault. It's it, it's not entirely their fault. It's all anything that has to do with computers comes down to microprocessors, which come out of China, which have China. Which on have been on a serious backlog for three years. So the parts, you know, they just they make them as they can. Uh, I don't know if I said this last episode, but when I took my car in, you know, they told me that the part was on a back order. Uh, there are some people had been on the 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 wait list since September. Um, and, uh, the last shipment they had, they'd gotten at that dealership of those parts, uh, was March. Jesus. And they had nine units in it. (laughs) So, um, were they big units? (laughs) Big unit. (laughs) Um, yeah, but I mean, like. So the part itself cost me like two hundred dollars. You guys ready for another three and a half hour long episode? <laughs> I'll, I'll make this quick. <laughs> the part itself cost me two hundred dollars. The diagnostic to tell me something that I already knew was two hundred dollars. That's fun. The service, like for them to put the part in, which I had already done. Like explained this last episode, I had put the part in. They told me to take it back out and put the old one back in. So I did that. So they did the diagnosis to tell me what I already knew, which was $200. They put the part that I had put in and taken back out and then reprogrammed it, which is something, which is all I really needed them to do was reprogram it. Um, that was $600. Um, the tow to get my car from my house to the dealership was $200. So six, eight thousand. Like 1200. About that. Yeah. Wow. Fun. Too much fun. But, oh, and I had to get a new battery because they killed my battery. <laughs> they wanted to charge me $90 for a battery and to put put it in. It's like, nope. I'm going to go get a refurbished battery for, I think I, it was $60. I'm like, but you guys aren't going to let me put it in, are you? <laughs> it's like, no, we can't. Of course not. So they charged me thirty nine ninety five to put the battery in. So there's that. There's the sixty dollar battery, plus the forty dollar charge. That's another hundred dollars. So 
<laughs> cars are dumb. They're so fucking. I've I've told this to several people. This is the last fucking Ford I ever buy. Like I've had stupid issues with every Ford I've ever owned. <laughs> I like I like Fords. I think they're good cars until they're not. <laughs> I feel like that's any car. But I've had nothing but sh- like the reason I've always got a new car is because it the, the Ford went to shit went to hell. Yeah. I feel like Volvos and Subarus have the best reputations. See, a lot of people I know that have had Subarus have nothing but problems with them. Um so I don't I don't know. There are people that swear up and down that Subaru is like the best car ever fucking made. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, why do I hear about so many people having problems with them? I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably get like a Kia or something. <laughs> but I got to get some some years out of this one still. So that's why it was so important to fix it because I couldn't afford to get a new car. Yeah. Because my wife's car is 10 years old. And, you know, she's just... I mean, she commutes from... She commutes to Seattle, which is upwards around an hour of stopping the tra- traffic twice a day. So she needs a new car before I do. Anyway. Okay. So um, we'll go ahead and get the show started. Yeah. Okay. Uh, before we get into the juicy bits, as I like to call them now, <laughs> starting today. <laughs> starting right now. <laughs> Uh, we want to thank our uh, grave diggers over on Patreon. These very special folks help contribute to this show financially. We don't have an expensive show here, but it does cost money. We have to pay for our spectacular website. For our juicy bits. For our juicy bits. <laughs> oh, we have to pay for our website and where we host our MP3s. and There are other things pop up and out here and there. This, that, and the other. And like we said before, all the money goes right back into the show. We're not doing this to get rich. We're not doing this to get uh, new cars. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> not that we'd have a lot of money anyway. But no, I mean, it's like we could easily use the money to go. Like we just had to go to the theater to see a movie. We could have used it for that, but we don't. We could have. That, yeah, that counts as a show. Yeah. That's a write-off. Yeah. I mean, if we started a, an LLC, we could easily do tax-deductible things like that. It's business 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 expense. Yeah, write it off. That's what they do. Just That's just what adults do, write things off. <laughs> Who writes it off? Them. Them. <laughs> um, these wonderful people I'm talking about are Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Aaron Meyer, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you so much, guys, from the bottoms of our hearts. Uh, it means the, the world to us. That you give us so much delicious money. Taylor, if anybody else wants to give us delicious money, where can they go? They can go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Graveplot Podcast. Uh, we, and we'll sell you some fucking perks, kid. For as little as a dollar, you can join us live every episode for Horror Business on Discord. Uh, $5 gets your name or Twitter handle or whatever you want in the show. Uh, like those fine people that Tony just said. And we have other random perks throughout the year. Well, we're like, well, we used to send Christmas cards every year to our patrons. Um, just things like that. Just neat little, neat little things. Oh. I just think it's neat. <laughs> <laughs> and if you 
you know, don't want to make a monthly contribution, like I said, you can donate via PayPal. Or if you don't want to give us any money whatsoever, but you still think that we're neat, uh, just head over to Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars. Put that a little, is neat. Put a little comment saying this show is neat. Or I know Spotify, you can do five stars. You can't say anything, but you can do five stars. You can think it. You can think these guys are neat. Yep. Five stars. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll know what it means. <laughs> we'll know. All right. That's enough babble. Let's do some more business. I mean, I say it's enough babble, but is it ever really enough babble? Oh, I mean, it's, it's going to be another three hours of babble. So. <laughs> uh, all right, so you guys remember the Twilight films. How could you forget? This, uh, remember last week we talked about like thousands of creepy dolls or hundreds, probably not thousands, hundreds, dozens, I don't know, some some number of creepy Many dolls. Many dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Washing up on the Texas shoreline. Uh don't worry. This week, it's just one doll. Okay. Still Good. talking about creepy dolls, though. Because <laughs> why not? Because it's real world horror. And, and Taylor likes dolls. And creepy dolls. Shout out to uh, Joanna Nisgoda for this story, by the way. Yo. Yo, Joanna. Hey. Hey. Oh, hey. Oh, yo. hey. <laughs> I was telling Tony before we got on the mics that I was walking last night. And I heard somebody coming out of a bar, and I don't know if they were coming out voluntarily or not, but I just hear him going, hey, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, what is happening? <laughs> I really hope they were getting kicked out. Like, there's somebody shoving them out the door. And yeah. Like, hey. Oh, hey, yo. Hey, get your greasy paws off of me. <laughs> Taylor lived in New York, and that's his New York accent. <laughs> uh. Anyway, yeah, so this doll has to do with Twilight for some reason. Um, so I have not seen these movies, so I'm really just kind of winging it here. Uh, in Twilight Saga's Breaking Dawn Part 1, Bella gives birth to her half-vampire, half-human baby daughter, inexplicably named Renesme. Renesme? Renesme? It's a terrible name. It's this is a stupid name. It does not it's, matter how you pronounce it. You know it's what? It's a terrible name. It's not a terrible name because it's not a name. It's not a name. It's made up. As a bunch of letters, someone took a Scrabble board and just went. It's like if you're in class and it's like Renee. Like, like Renee. Like on 30 Rock. <laughs> what? <laughs> on 30 Rock when they were trying to come up with the name for the fun, the fun cooker. <laughs> and Jack starts taking out Scrabble tiles. He's like, N, I, G, I'm gonna start over. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like takes out a bunch and just throws them down and says Hitler. <laughs> Wait, no, Renee's me. That's like if you're in class and the teacher's like, Renee, Renee, Renee's me. A A Ron. Block A. Jamel. So <laughs> I, I was watching uh, Adam's Family Values for probably. Yeah, do you have Adam's Family Values yet? <laughs> hey, lady. 
<laughs> what is that? Mulaney. Is it? What are you talking about when he was a kid and you would call Blockbuster? He'd be like, yeah, do you have Adam's Family oh, Values right. yet? <laughs> hey, lady, I'll tell you when we have Adam's Family Values. <laughs> <laughs> and I was offended, not as a young boy, but as a proud Asian woman. <laughs> Uh, I am a tiger mom. <laughs> anyway, I was watching uh, Adam Sandler values and like when they're listing off the cast members of the the Thanksgiving play or performance, whatever. Yeah, and they're going down the name the list of all the outcasts is being cast as the Indians and like mispronouncing everybody's name and like there's the black kid. It's like. G- Jamel? Jamel? <laughs> it's like, I mean, maybe, I, I had a friend in like probably like second grade. His name was Jamal. So maybe if you don't know anybody Jamal named Jamal, it's it's a, a yeah. complex one. It's a pretty I don't know. common name at this point, though. You'd think. Anyway, of course, this was what, like 93, 94. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Renee's me, whatever, something. Uh, in the process of attempting to create a realistically, realistically gorgeous baby, the Twilight crew created an animatronic doll to use in the film instead of a real child. It seems unnecessarily cumbersome. Yeah, seems ambitious. Well, it's like, why would you just find a, find a baby? There are plenty of good-looking babies around. Yeah, if you can't find one, just make one. Just, yeah. <laughs> Takes you takes you nine months at least, but you know, bing bang boom, free baby. <laughs> and when you're done with it, just give it away. Yeah. <laughs> I hear lots of people want to adopt now. Apparently, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, it was so creepy they had to scrap it entirely, subbing it subbing in a digitally animated baby. Why don't you just do that in the first place? Or just get a real fucking baby. <laughs> there are. An endless supply of, well, parents who want their babies to be in movies. Yes. And, you know, maybe you're trying to get around child labor laws. I don't know. Uh, but just get a fucking baby. It's not hard. God, you, you don't watch happy endings and it kills me every time. There's an episode where Dave and Penny try to get a baby to convince their parents who are now dating each other uh, not to ha- not to adopt a baby. And this, the baby won't cry. <laughs> so I was like, we have to do something to make him cry. And Dave's just like, look in my face and remember it. Oh, wait, you can't because you don't have object permanence, you bald bitch. Uh, let's see. The movie's director said, truly, it was one of the most grotesque things I've ever seen. Um, it was a horror show. There's one of the, there was one shot where I call cut and it suddenly turns her head and mechanically stares right into the camera. It was incredibly disturbing. There's gotta be footage of this out there somewhere. You'd think, right? Uh, well, the doll itself currently lives in Forks, Washington which is, of course, the setting of Twilight. Although I don't think they filmed anything there. Uh, I think they shot... Well, I don't know for sure, but I think they shot a few scenes there. 
But they shot all over the fucking place. Yeah. They shot down in my where my grandma used to live, which is way south, like almost Oregon. And, I mean, it's just some random little mountain town, you know, and, and they shot there, like in the downtown area. I know they, they filmed a lot in Oregon, too. Did they? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, I have to assume they shot a lot in BC, too, just because that's what places or what people do. Likely. Likely. Um, like Psych was all filmed in Vancouver, and they're like, it's California. Right. <laughs> that ain't California. Well, I mean, it's not like you could never make Vancouver pass for like LA, but no. you can make it pass for Santa Barbara or yeah. like the Central Coast. You're saying it has Santa Barbara skies? Yes. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, let's see. I did see apparently on the special features of the DVD or whatever they like talk about the doll, and I think they said they showed the cast seeing the doll for the first time. <laughs> but they didn't have Jesus Christ. <laughs> they didn't have footage of the doll looking at the camera. Ah, that's what I want to see. That's the only part of those movies I ever want to see. <laughs> Um, let's see. Lizzie Andros, who's the executive di- director of the Forks Chamber of Commerce, told Jezebel, uh, which is an online publication, which is of course a promiscuous young woman. Sure, yeah. Such an odd name for him for your zine. Zine is still a word. I don't think so. Nope. <laughs> Fuck, I'm old. <laughs> um, man, I would so. Friday night, we, we went to go see Frank Turner, and um, we showed up in my, my sister's house, and we're just outside talking with her and my, and my brother-in-law, and like my sister's like, man, you're getting gray like in, in my beard. I'm like, yeah, I know. Thanks. <laughs> but it was, like, it was funny, because I was shaving earlier that day. And like you know, it, it had gotten pretty long, so I, I was trimming it up, and I'm like, oh, my God. Trying to patch? Well, it's just like all of this is like, I mean, not all of it, but like, it's like so fucking gray. I'm like, where did that come from? Yeah, I'm getting the chin. Yeah. Like you're growing out, though. That's nice. Yeah, I'm trying. Wish it was a little thicker, but. Yeah, you, you got to, do you have a brush? Yeah. Like a, like a boar hair? I have one? a comb. You got to get a brush. Mm. Just like a, like a round brush or at least something like with boar hair because it really, it like, it kind of, Gives it direction instead of just being all over the place. A comb, a great big bushy beard. <laughs> I mean, a comb will work in a pinch, but to like daily maintenance, you want a brush. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> I can give you tips later if you want them. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, so Lizzie, she says she's very dear to me, but a lot of people hate her guts. You don't say. <laughs> it's weird that people hate creepy dolls yeah who would have thunk uh people were so drawn to her it was almost like they turn into zombies and they will walk towards her and have to touch her uh she's one of those pieces that you are either drawn to or freaked out by uh children are very drawn to her she has those kind those kind of eyes that watch you like in the haunted mansion those statues that follow you as you walk Mm, yes Mm. I always feel like somebody's watching me. Yeah, like the song. Yeah. That song was about renaissance. 
Um, one day she might be standing up straight and the next when you come on in, wait, one day she might be standing up straight and the next when you come in on another day, she's in a weird position. It's like she's moving around in there. We don't know. But we can tell everybody that the cover is on her for their protection. Apparently it's Renee's May. Or Renee's May. I don't care. Renez Renez May? I don't know. I'm looking at it phonetically and I still don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand why you would even pretend to name a baby that. I, I don't know. Like the the Mormons do weird things. They do weird things. <laughs> Man, it amazes me that so many people just lived and breathed those fucking books for so long. I mean, they still kind of do. Even though, like, there's so much fucking propaganda in that book. Yeah. Not just religious, but like the whole book, like the whole series is about some girl changing herself to get the interest of a guy. I mean, that doesn't, that's not problematic for anyone, <laughs> especially when you're marketing it to young girls. Right. Anyway. So, I mean, if you're ever in Forks for some for reason. Some reason you can go to the Forks Chamber of Commerce and see Renomina. Renomina. <laughs> and maybe touch her or something. I don't know. Like a, like a zombie, yeah. I guess. Apparently there's a cover on it now, though. Like a, like a glass case. Not like $5 to see the doll. Just pop that off. <laughs> Just fuck this. <laughs> Just glass. <laughs> hey, somebody broke that. I'm going to put her in a weird position now. <laughs> okay. Let's make her do this. <laughs> Suck it. Suck it. <laughs> How about Vince, huh? Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. Tony, you know what you're thinking. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You're thinking The Walking Dead is ending. What am I going to do with all of this Walking Dead energy that I have? There is a solid like hour in my day where I don't have Walking Dead. I don't know what to do with it. Right. I mean, you've already got Fear of the Walking Dead, and you've already got Fear of the Walking Dead Brave New World. Is that what it's called? I don't know. And then there's Tales of the Walking Dead, plus there's the the Talking Dead, the Walking Dead Variety Hour, and now there's Island of the Walking Dead is coming out with Maggie and and uh, uh, Negan, and of course Love of the Walking Dead. I'm sure you've already carved out time in your day for Daryl and Carol's Power Hour whenever that comes out. <laughs> but I know there's still there's just that one little piece missing, and as I, I have bad news for you, Tony, because I know. You've been waiting for those Rick Grimes movies. With, with bated breath. I'm here to tell you they're not going to happen, Tony. Fuck. But I also come bearing good news. <gasps> because at Comic-Con, San Diego, Andrew Lincoln and Denai Guerrera. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, they, they popped up out of nowhere and they're like, hey, guys, it's us. Rick and Michonne. 
And we've got news for you. We're coming to you uh, with a brand new show. It's time to hit the music. <laughs> it's time to light the lights. <laughs> uh, the Untitled Rick and Michonne series presents, quote, an epic love story of two characters changed by a changed world. That is who wrote that. That is terrible. You used changed too many times. Two changed characters who were changed by a changed world that's ever changing, and they search for change, and they ask people for change. <laughs> <laughs> Kept apart by distance, by an unstoppable power, by change, by the ghosts of who they were. <laughs> Rick and Michonne are thrown into another world, built on a war against the dead, and ultimately a war against the living. Can they find each other and who they were in a place and situation unlike they've ever known before? Are they enemies? Lovers? Victims? Victors? Will they fuck? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Without each other, are they even alive, or will they find out that they too are the Walking Dead? That sounds exhausting. <laughs> that was exhausting to read. This description, like it's act, it's it's acting like these characters, Rick and Michonne, weren't already like in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, right? Like, I think all the changing that they went through already happened. Pretty much, yeah. Rick, he was a lawman. I mean, he's still, throughout the series, he always kind of maintained that element of him, I guess. I assume so. I didn't watch like the last eight seasons or something. Yeah. Um, I think I stopped watching. Because around season, what, 46, 47? Something like that, yeah. Now, the season where Carl died, I can't remember if I watched any of that season or if I stopped watching the season before. Carl died, and you're like, well, that was all I needed to see. Yeah. Well, it's funny because, like, Carl died. We've been waiting for Carl to die for six seasons. Like, I didn't even watch the episode. I just pulled the clip of Carl dying on on YouTube. I'm like, that's that's all I needed to like, see. Yeah, should have stayed in the fucking house. <laughs> I bet you'll now you fucking listen. Um,. Anyway, um, bah, 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 bah. lost my train of thought. Um, oh, but yeah, and Michonne, like when they did a flashback on who she was before the end of the world, she was, was like a housewife, wasn't she? I think so, yeah. Uh, By so, the time we first see her on the show, she's already got like two armless zombies at her side. Which she, was her husband and her brother or something? Sounds right, yeah. Um. Yeah, and she's got a fucking katana. She seems very adept with it as yep. well. So clearly, all the changing has already occurred. Right. Um, so there's no more changing unless they just become like... like, like Unless we're going to find out that Rick used to be a hardcore racist or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, getting to know you, Michonne, I've really turned over a new leaf. <laughs> I don't hate black people anymore. <laughs> Isn't that I mean, weird? I mean, he was a cop. <laughs> In Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the whole description should have just been like, Rick and Michonne continue their journey through the undead world. Will they fuck? Probably. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what it is. They get up, fight zombies, and then they go to bed and fuck, and then they start over again. Yeah, pretty much. 
Maybe they fuck while they're fighting zombies. Yeah, I was gonna say, could you imagine fucking during the zombie apocalypse? Like whoever's on top has got to be like ever vigilant. Yeah, and plus, I mean, until they get to like civilized places, like like Alexandria, where they have like running water and stuff. Yeah, like so sweaty. People are so ripe. <laughs> I mean, maybe you just get nose blind to it eventually, but man, I don't know. Plus, you're just fucking all over the woods. <laughs> Honestly, it's like, I don't know if I would ever be turned on ever again <laughs> in that situation. Uh, yeah. Viewers last saw Rick Grimes in season nine where he was presumed but dead by his group. It was only later that fans saw that he survived and was taken away by helicopter. Scott M. Gimple, chief content officer of the Walking Dead universe, will serve as showrunner on the series, of course which will begin with six episodes in 2023. Uh, as we said before, other spinoff projects currently in the works include Tales of the Walking Dead, uh, Isle of the Dead, as well as the Daryl and Carol uh, Variety Hour. <laughs> it, Carol's not even in it anymore. Did they write her off for this? I mean, I don't know. Didn't we talk about that? A while ago? Dude, we talk about Walking Dead so much, I can't keep up with everything that's going on. Well, what's her name? Melissa McBride? Is that her? Or is that? No, that's not her. That's That sounds right. Is it Melissa? What's um Maggie? What's her name? Uh, Lauren Cohen? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, Melissa McBride. I thought she said that she wasn't going to do it. And so they paid, um, oh, what's they, his face, more money. Redis, they paid him more money to be like the solo right. star. Yes. We did talk about that. So ignore the whole thing about the Daryl and Carol Power Hour. It's just going to be the Daryl show, which is pretty much The Walking Dead at this point. Yeah. I mean, they are, they're all The Walking Dead. All these shows are just The Walking Dead. You know why? Because it's the same apocalypse. Like, so much so that they have crossed, they, like, they've had characters from other shows come on to other shows. I just mean, like, it's, it's happening at the same time, concurrently. Like, the main show at this point is basically centered around Daryl. Ever since Rick left, it's been all about Daryl. And now you're just like, well, there's going to be a new show. This one's going to be all about Daryl. So why don't you just continue making the show you're making then? Yeah. I just don't know how they can get so much fucking mileage out of this. I don't know. Because it's like, are they just making this? Like, like are, are they still? Do people still watch this? I they must. Yeah, that that is my belief. They keep doing it, so somebody must be watching it. Yeah. But I don't know a single soul who does. Dude, I remember when watching The Walking Dead was a fucking event. Yeah. Like I would go out to watch parties. Yeah. I used to go over to my buddy's house and yeah, we'd have a bunch of people over. When I was over in New York, we would go to bars. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the first first season that was a lot. I like. I mean, people went nuts over it. Yeah. Second season, you know. I mean, the second season was the second season. Second season souped. Yeah, except for that last episode. That last episode was. Pretty, oh, that last episode dope. was fucking harsh. Sometimes you gotta. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta sometimes do. Sometimes you gotta shoot a kid. Yep. Um, then apparently, Carol was like, "All right, I guess we're just shooting kids now." Right. It's like, well, just, Rick did it. You started <laughs> shooting all the kids. Yep. This this child's problematic. Pop. Not no more. <laughs> um, yeah, I 
like I said, I'm, I'm not being parabolic. Like, I don't know anybody who watches it. Anymore. I haven't asked anybody recently, but I nobody in my circle ever talks about it. So I have to assume they're not watching it. No, not parabolic, hyperbolic. <laughs> That's what I meant. <laughs> um, but I mean, they wouldn't keep making them if people weren't watching them. They got to be making money or else they wouldn't do it. Yeah. I guess so. And Kirkman's just like, yeah, whatever. Do the fuck, whatever. Just fucking pay me. Give me a check. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing fucking um, Invincible now. The Marky Mark movie? Yes, the Marky Mark movie. <laughs> no, the fucking animated show. Because of your love for the Philadelphia Eagles and the Marky Mark movie. <laughs> So stay tuned for more Walking Dead just everywhere, just all the time. Just, just, just AMC just rebrand as TWD at this point. Do they really show anything else? Uh, no. I honestly have no idea. I don't know. I mean, there, I think I've said this before. I have the Shutter channel, or I did. I had the Shutter channel on Amazon. And at some point, it switched over to AMC Plus. Like AMC just said, okay, well, anybody who has, you know, the AMC Plus channel, or, or has the AMC channel, or the Shutter channel, I think it's like TCM or something like that. To have any of those, it's just all AMC Plus now. Um, and I know I've seen other shows on there, but I never pay attention to them. What was the other Kirkman one with the priest? Priest. Or I think it was, there was a priest, or it was a possession or something. Don't know what you're referring to. Uh, Outcast. Oh, that that was on AMC, wasn't it? That was Showtime. Oh, okay. That I think that only lasted like a couple seasons. I tried. I tried watching it. I couldn't get into it. Gave it a couple episodes, and was like, yeah, this isn't going anywhere for me. Anyway. What's what the fuck about? is Fear the Walking Dead Diaries? That sounds like a web series. Jesus Christ, there's more than I even knew. Too much. And then there's all the games. Yeah, all the Telltale games and stuff. Yeah. Can't even fucking keep up with those. All right, so we talked before about um, them. So they're they're making a Teen Wolf movie based on the TV show, uh, and there's also a spinoff that they're working on, which has been apparently dubbed Wolf Pack, which seems a little on the nose, but you know what are you gonna do? Um, it stars that Galifianakis, <laughs> yeah. so it's a one man Wolf Pack <laughs> with a satchel. Um. Hey, guys, who lets dogs out? Who? 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 (laughs) Um, So, yeah, uh, I mean, San Diego Diego Comic-Con happened over this weekend. It's actually still going on as we sit here to record this. 
Um, but uh, at the Teen Wolf panel, uh, obviously talking about the movie, talking about Wolfpack, made a very special announcement that Sarah Michelle Gellar of Buffy the Vampire Slayer fame uh, has been announced as uh, the star or one of the stars of Wolfpack. Also, I know what you did last summer. Yes, she was also in that. And Scooby-Doo. And also Scooby-Doo. It's funny because she played Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then played Daphne, which are like polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they can still get away with making Daphne a character. <laughs> like, I would have thought that like, not just like women's rights groups, but like. You know, basically anybody would just be like so offended by Daphne's existence. Like that whole brainless damsel in distress character. It's like, does that even fucking exist anymore? Right. Did that Velma movie or show with Mindy Kaling? She was making it. Would that ever happen? Oh, I don't know. Oh, wait. Yeah. Was it? I think it was just called Velma. It was an animated show, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Velma's Asian or something? I think she's Hispanic. I don't know. I wish this would stop making noise. Me too. I don't know how to stop it. Uh, it mainly because I don't know where it's coming from. Uh, coming to HBO Max. Doesn't say when. Just says coming to HBO Max. All right, well, it's irrelevant. Um, let's see. Uh, Deadline's reporting that uh, Geller stars in, as an arsonist, or sorry, not, not, as, not as an arsonist, <laughs> an arson investigator named Kristen Ramsey is a highly regarded expert in her field and no stranger to personal loss. Brought in by authorities to catch the teenage arsonist who started a massive wildfire, which may have also led to the reawakening of a supernatural predator terrorizing Los Angeles. So there, there you go. Uh, Wolfpack st- uh, follows a teenage boy, a young boy, a young boy uh, named Everett, played by Armani Jackson, and a girl, Blake, played by Bella Shepard. Armani Jackson, that name sounds familiar. Oh, you're right. Velma is South Asian. Okay. I recognize this kid, but I don't know why. I do not recognize him. Um, uh, whose lives are forever changed when a California wild, wildfire awakens a terrifying supernatural creature, like we said before. Uh, wounded in the chaos of its attack, the teens are inexplicably drawn to each other and to two others. Fraternal twins. Oh, God. Twins. <laughs> but they're fraternal, so you can't even tell. <laughs> I love a good set of twins. <laughs> Fucking twins. Every time I think it's twin, like identical twins. And twins! <laughs> twins! <laughs> we need more Son of the Beach. <laughs> um, I think of uh, Slime and Salmon. When uh, the, the twins, Dave and... What the hell's the brother's name? Ah, fuck, I don't know. Anyway, the two twins are fighting in the kitchen. Everybody like cheering them on. And this one cook's like Donnie. Donnie. Uh this one cook is back there like looking at him. He's like, twins are fucking disgusting, man. 
I always just think of the office when Michael's talking to the woman and Dwight runs up and he's like, Michael, I found twins. Michael's like, you understand it's twins. <laughs> Goes and it's just like these two dudes. And Michael gets all business. So I just like, I love a good set of twins. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, fraternal twins, Harlan and Luna, Luna, who were adopted Luna. Maybe, like the moon, maybe a wolf, yeah. yeah. Um, who were adopted and Harlan, sixteen? Year- like Harlan Williams. <laughs> yeah, that's probably where they got it. <laughs> Rocket Man, <laughs> spelled completely different. Well, not completely different, but missing a D. <laughs> uh, who were adopted sixteen years earlier by a, a park ranger after another mysterious wild, wildfire. As the full moon rises, all four teens come together to unravel the secret that connects them: the bite. And the blood of a werewolf. A series based on a book series. Oh, so it's not even connected to the original series necessarily. It's just biting off the the notoriety or the name, I guess. Um, Comes from a book series by Edo Van Belkum or Edo. Um, Project also hails from Jeff Davis, who also stars... Oh, sorry. And also stars Armani Jackson, which we already said that. Uh, okay. And a bunch of other people you've probably never heard of. Um, Wolfpack is expected to arrive on Paramount Plus later this year. Um, you know, wherever the streaming service is available. Saw the trailer for the Teen Wolf movie. It just kind of looked like a... Wait. It is a movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Saw a movie, a trailer for the movie. It basically just looks like, you know, probably an hour and a half long episode. I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's weird, though, because, like, Styles, um, who, like, in the first season, he starts out very similar to the character in the movie, but kind of grows to be, like, kind of like this badass. <laughs> Okay. Over over the course of the series, uh, he's not going to be in it, which seems weird because he was such a like essential character to the show. I think his contract negotiations or what? Uh, y- yes and no. Um, apparently there 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 was a, a girl on the last couple seasons or something like that. She's um. She was Asian. I can't. I can't remember exact heritage, but apparently there were some pay issues um, that she, you know may uh, were fairly public that she was not being paid fairly, and he was kind of on her team with that. So he just said, "Until I mean, basically, they never really came to terms with that." She ultimately is not in the movie, and so he just, I'm not doing it either. And plus, Dylan O'Brien, he's kind of made a name for himself. He doesn't, I don't think he wants to go back and do TV movies now. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so Buffy is going to fight van- uh, werewolves again. She's done that before. Oh, has she? I never watched the show. Never watched Buffy? Hmm. I mean, it's on Hulu. You could probably just watch it. I, could, I probably could, yeah. You do a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of people say a lot of things about Buffy. Have you watched any of the new episodes of What We Do in the Shadows? Is the new season started already? Mm-hmm. No, I have not. So, 
Do you remember what did you watch all of last season? Yes. Do you remember when the creature crawled out of Colin Robinson's chest? Yeah. So it's like aging very quickly. Uh-huh. But it still has his face, his yeah. head. And so like it looks so fucking goofy because they have to make it big enough to cover the actual person's head. So he just <laughs> looks like he has this giant fucking bobble head. Awesome. Colin Robinson is like no, he's not my favorite character, but he's up there. The whole concept of the uh, the energy vampire, energy vampire. <laughs> so the one with uh, with Vanessa Bayer, where they were like feuding in the office. That episode was so good. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Teen Wolf coming to PP. That's what they call it. Paramount Plus. That's what they call it around the office. Call it PPE. In the summertime, when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. When the weather's fine, you got women, you got women on your mind. Have a drink, have a drive, go out and see what you can find. All right, speaking of wolves, 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 wolf out, wolf up. Uh, Finn <laughs> Finn Wolfhard is uh, going to be uh, writing and directing a horror comedy slasher, uh, which I think we may have talked about this before, but there's some updates, mainly in the name of a title, which is Hell of a Summer. Uh-huh. Uh, Wolfhard will be writing and directing alongside Billy Brick, who would, what did he do on Ghostbusters Afterlife? AD, maybe? He wasn't the director. I don't know that bitch. Uh, with both actors also starring in the film. So he's an actor. Who is this Billy Brick? Oh, Billy. You look up Billy Brick. Uh, the cast also includes Fred Heckinger from Fear Street 1984. 1994. Uh, unfortunately, plot, de- plot details at this time are completely under wraps. But Variety reports Fred Heikinger, Aggregate Films, Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman, and Michael Costigan, and Parts and Labor's Javon Hoy will produce the film with principal photography beginning this month in Ontario, Canada. Hey, hey. hey. no show. Northern Ontario Senior Hockey Organization. <laughs> Sudbury Blueberry Bulldogs. <laughs> huh? Have you watched all of Shorzy? Yes. Huh? <laughs> yes. I knew you did. I asked that question just so I could interject. <laughs> I know you did. I knew it was tell, coming. Tell me about Billy Billy Brick. I don't know this guy. What? Who? Why? What does he do? He's some bitch. What? What did he do on Ghostbusters? I don't fucking know, man. I can't find a single goddamn picture of him. Well, really? Not, not. I can't. Not that I can't find a picture of him. I can't find. Like a picture of him in the movie. He played Zock. Zock? <laughs> Who the fuck is that? <laughs> I'm sure it's probably a douchebag way of spelling Zach. But who is he in the movie? I don't remember a Zock or a Zach. Or a Zocker. Or a Zebo. Is a friend of Lucky's. Here's a picture of him. That's him. He was the guy with the hair. Uh, the, that the word the word guy. That's him. He worked at the worked, worked, He was the guy at the burger place. Mm, okay. 
Well, that's fun. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, Wolfhard says, I am so excited to be co-directing my first feature film. Uh, uh, Teen Wolf, no, Wolfhard, Wolf. Jason Bateman. Oh, I did that on purpose. <laughs> As a segue. Good, good, good one. Uh, I'm so excited to be co-directing my first feature film. I get the chance to work with an incredible cast and crew and to work with a company like 30 West and Aggregate is a real dream. He previously... Uh, wrote or, or directed. I don't know if you wrote it. Wrote it too, but a short film called something. Uh, fucking night shifts. Poop. poop. Not called poop. No. It's called night shifts. Okay. Night, night shifts. Night shift. Night shifts. Working on a night cheese. <laughs> cool. Wolfard. So Jason hard. Bateman, Ozark. <laughs> All right, so a while back we did a special edition of the Grave Plot Podcast where we talked about Drugs. Uh, yep. Today on a very special episode of the Grave Plot Podcast. Yeah, we did talk about drugs. Go back, look for it. Where'd you learn that, Cheech? Drug school? <laughs> uh, but no, we talked about not one, not two, but all three Fear Street films. Um, uh, Finn Wolfhard, Sadie Sink, Fear Street. Jason Bateman. Jason Bateman. <laughs> Teen Wolf, it's all connected. Carol! <laughs> Where's Pepe Silvia? Uh, there is no Pepe Silvia. <laughs> in fact, there's no Carol. Nobody's worked in this office. <laughs> all these people are wondering where the hell their mail is. Day Bow Bow. <laughs> Uh, have you seen The Secret to My Success? <laughs> uh, how's that movie end, dude? Uh, okay, so Fear Street. Um, Netflix welcomes fans back to Shadyside, announcing more films in development. R.L. Stein. Well, they uh, haven't really announced it yet. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a confirmed rumor at this point. Is that what we're doing, Taylor? Reporting rumors now. I mean, if they're confirmed, I guess. Arl Stein, writer of the original book series. So yes, we've been doing that for nine <laughs> years. <laughs> what have we come to? Um, Arl Stein, writer of the original book series. Uh, the films were loosely adapted from, and loosely being a key word here. Hang on loosely. Yeah, like the song. Uh, told Yahoo that there's been rumors of more Fear Street films. Saying, I hear, or sorry, I dot 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 hear rumors. What's in that? What's in that ellipsis? I wonder. Usually they do that when they cut out something. Was he like he, he either paused or they cut out something? He like maybe he said, I definitely do not hear rumors. <laughs> They're just like, got it, hear rumors. <laughs> 
I hear rumors about more Fear Street movies for Netflix because the first ones did so well last summer. Um, no. Did they not? I thought that was the whole thing, is that they uh, grossly underperformed expectations. I don't recall hearing that. Oh. I mean, maybe that's the case. I just don't remember. Or I didn't hear it. Um, anyway, well... Irregardless, uh, those films kind of shocked me because they were all rated R, and I've never done anything rated R-rated. All those teenagers were getting slashed. I was like, suddenly I have a slasher movie. Bloody Disgusting can conf- confirm these rumors are in fact true, and that Netflix is very deep into development on more Fear Street. Well, so deep. Bloody Disgusting says so. So deep. So deep. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I, I guess bloody disgusting as far as horror goes is probably as good as like Deadline for every, anything else. The Fear Street trilogy wasn't quite the smash hit Netflix had hoped for, with the streamer, notorious for announcing unsubstantiated record-breaking streaming stats, staying silent on numbers. Hmm. Peculiar. I mean, I remember curiouser us Curiouser not- and curiouser. I feel like we weren't all that impressed with them. I mean... They we- were fine. Yeah, but I wasn't blown away by them. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we were the target audience, so there's that. Probably not. I think probably somebody, or you people 10 or so years younger than us, maybe more, were probably the target audience for those. Yeah. Even though those people weren't even born in the 90s. Right. I mean, we've talked about this before, I I think. But how, like, when you make a new adaptation of something, you know, like, Fear Street or um, Are You Afraid of the Dark or something like that that's based on a property from when we were, you know, early teenagers or whatever. Like, do you go for that same market or do you go for the people who watch the original? Right. Me personally, I would go for the people that watch the original. Hook that nostalgia and then be like, it's all the things you love, but now with boobs and blood. Yeah. Which are good. I like all those things. I like all of those things. I like like your take on boobies. (laughs) And I like boobies. I like boobs. I like blood. And I like the 90s. So. Yeah. I mean, those movies had. Except for fashion. Fashion in the 90s was bad. Yeah, but it's coming back around, man. People no, dressing kidding. like the 90s again. Yeah. People wearing bucket hats and Zubas. Zubaz. I don't know, man. The pants. Jinkos? No, the Zubas pants. I don't know what that is. Zubas. I think. I think it's Zubaz, but these Zubaz. Oh, those. I didn't know those had a name. I was just called them hammer pants. <laughs> I had a couple pairs. Hammer I, pants are much bigger. They're parachute pants. Well, they always fit. They're always, they're, I mean, they're always baggy, kind of billowy, yeah, but, so I just call them hammer pants. Um, yeah, I had a couple pairs because <laughs> I got them uh, from my dad's friend. Like I was probably ten years old, and I inherited clothes from my dad's friend. So he's a tiny little guy. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. Yeah, I remember I was walking. This was several years ago. I was walking through a department store. It may have been Target or, or I don't know. I almost said Mervin's. <laughs> How long has it been since Mervin's been around? <laughs> uh, I don't know, like JCPenney, something like that. Um, and uh, there was a mannequin display. And I 
swear to God, it was wearing clothes that looked like it was out of like Clueless. <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, I had the, like the fucking choker necklace and everything. Like, when is that? When did that happen? I, I, I mean, I blame independent wrestlers. Because every time I'm around independent wrestlers, they all got their fanny packs and their Zubaz <laughs> and their mullets <laughs> and their tank tops with the armholes too big. Well, it's just it's funny. Like they take tank tops and then they cut them so their armholes are bigger. I'm like, they were already tank tops. I just think it's funny that uh, Gen, Gen Z like to dog on millennials and Gen Xers. But it's like, okay, well, clearly our style's good enough for you. Yeah. <sighs> I know when we were growing up, we weren't dressing like it was the 70s. What the hell was that? Uh, well, kind of were. Flannels. Hot. Were, were, the, were flannels big in the 70s? Yeah. No. But, I mean, we didn't wear, like, tassels Ring, or bell bottoms or... Well, ringer tees are just cool. Yeah, I, I think they're timeless. Yeah. Uh, I was okay. Close your eyes. Picture a ringer tee. Put a finger in my nose or something, right? No, I'm gonna put it in your butt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Picture a ringer tee. Okay. What's on it? Hellfire Club. <laughs> really? What? For a ringer tee? Not that, that's that, not that, that'd that's be a, a baseball tee. Yeah. Let's see. Let me try again. It's just, I don't know. I can't think. Of it. <laughs> My mind goes one of two places. First place it goes, I think, is Weezer. It's a Weezer logo. Okay. Second place, Hot Rod. <laughs> <laughs> I guess if I were to like pick something to put on a ringer tee, I'd probably put uh, um. Oh fucking Christ. I'm totally. It's an Arnold Schwarzenegger shirt. Yeah, is <laughs> a sh- shirt he wore in Pumping Iron. It says Arnold is numero uno. <laughs> I actually had a shirt made once that said Tony is numero. I remember uno. that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened to it, but it wasn't a ringer tee because apparently the place I had the place that had the shirt printed didn't have ringer tees. Which is how do you not have ringer tees? Yeah, that's just something you have. Anyway. So, Fear Street, uh, I mean, look out. It's coming at you, maybe. Allegedly. Speaking of things coming at you. Keep an eye out for Peacock's new Vampire Academy series. Uh, this was apparently a movie in 2014. I don't think I remember it. Although the name does sound familiar. The name's familiar, but I but thought it was a show. Apparently it was a movie. And a book. Shows how much I know. A series of books from Rochelle, uh, Rochelle Mead. Uh, Peacock's Vampire Academy opens for business on September 15th, 2022. In a world of privilege and glamour, two young women's friendship transcends their strikingly different classes as they prepare to compete, complete their education and enter vampire society. One as a powerful royal, the other a half-vampire guardian trained to protect against the savage Strigoi who threatened to tear their society apart. 
Sounds like a Jerry Lewis exclamation. Strigoi! What? I mean, that must be like a... Oh, Strigoi. There's an R in there I missed. Did you not say Strigoi? I think I said Stigoi. Maybe I said Strigoi. I don't know what I said. A lot of, I say a lot of things. Well, I know in... Um... That is if Royal Infighting doesn't do the job first. Okay, go. But what the hell is that show um, on FX? Always Sunny? No. The one about vampires. Oh, what we do in the shadows. No, not, not that one. <laughs> the other one. What the fuck was it called? Why can I not remember things? I don't know like? what you're talking about. Uh, is it the new interview with the vampire show? No, it's not that. I don't I don't know what uh, channel that's on. The Strain. Oh, yeah. And it was like seeing an outbreak, something like that. Nope, nope, nope. Could have said the Guillermo del Toro one. That would have got me, got me going. Oh, but didn't even connect. Um, but the vampires in that, I believe, were called the Strigoi. Were they? Yeah. I don't recall. Um, so that must be like a, um, a, a vampire lore word of some kind, yeah. The six-book young adult vampire series was originally published between 2007 and 2010, with the first book adapted into the Vampire Academy feature film back in 2014. Um, which Who was in that? Okay, this poster looks familiar. Zoe Deutsch, uh, Lucy Fry, Sarah Hyland, Anya Taylor-Joy. Well, I recognize two of those names. Uh, Julie Pleck of the Vampire Diaries. So she's getting pigeonholed. <laughs> uh, the Originals and Legacies and Marguerite McIntyre adapted the series. Oh, so she's, she created it. So she just really loves vampires, I guess. She's really into vampires, yeah. Uh, they also serve as showrunners, writers, and executive producers. Directors include Billy Woodruff, Luis Prieto, Jesse Warren, Erica Dunton, Jeff Schatz, and Julie Pleck. I can't say I know a single one of those names. Nope. Cast includes Sissy Stringer uh, from Mortal Kombat, who will play Rose Hathaway, a vampire-human hybrid known as a Dampier. Daniela Neves from Sex Appeal and Five Points mm, will play Lisa Dragomir, a royal Mirai vampire. Kieran Moore of Masters of the Air and Sex Education will play Dmitry Belikov, the model of a Dampier guardian, lethal, disciplined, discreet, and totally committed to his role as a bodyguard to the ruling Morai. Andre De Kim from Degrassi and Star Trek Strange New Worlds will play Christian Ozera, a royal Morai vampire. J. August Richards of Angel and Generation will play Victor Dashkov. Victor is a Moroi noble vampire with a heart of gold who's highly regarded for his role as advisor and political strategist to Moroi dignitaries. Anita Joy Uwege uh, from West End Cyrano de Bergiac and King Lear will play Tatiana Vogel. Tatiana is a Moroi vampire and political underdog who slowly takes the royal court by storm. And finally, Mia McKenna Bruce from West End's Billy Elliot the Musical and The Dumping Ground will play Mia Karp, a student at St. Vladimir's Academy. <laughs> A student. Just a random student. Good. <laughs> Sissy Stringer. I can't say I know any of these people or most of the things they've been in. Looks like uh, she was the one with the, the Raphael gimmicks. Size? Yeah. Oh, she played... Um, Melina? Melina, yeah. 
Here and more. I still haven't seen that. Was it good? Yeah. Some of it. Some of it was good. Was it better than the first one? Like one from 97? Yeah. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the effects are better. I would hope so. But the story? No. It's centered around... Remember that web series? Yeah, that was dope. That was so good. They were going to make a movie out of it, and then they didn't. They should have. And then James Wan was like, no, me. Well, wasn't he involved with that? No, he wasn't. Never mind. The web series was fucking dope. Fucking dope. Fucking... Fucking sick, kid. Um, I had Michael J. White as Jax. Yeah. And uh, Jerry Rich, or Richards? Jerry Ryan. Uh, she was Sonya Blade and um, others. others. <laughs> and it was dark and gritty. Yeah, that and was sick. Grounded. Yeah, it was grounded. That's what it was saying. It was like, like, like reptile. He was just a guy who was like a serial killer, and he had like a fucked up skin condition. Yeah, har- harlequinism or something. Yeah, something similar to that. That's something. it's not that, but something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Mortal Kombat movie. Its biggest problem was that it centered around this character who was so. Fucking boring. <laughs> who, like, who was it? Is this, oh, it's a new character, right? Made up character named Cole. And it's like, okay, made up character, that's fine. Do something interesting with him. And they didn't. You know who really is pushing to play Johnny Cage and uh, if they make a sequel? I think they're planning to, but oh, anyway. Uh, the Miz. Nah. <laughs> Hard pass. At least you thought about it. I, I, I gave it a thought. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, I don't really want to see him in anything. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, like, through the entire game series and, and the movies and, stu- and such, the main character is Liu King. He's the focus. Right. And it should have been that way still, but they didn't. They made Luke King like this fucking background character, and took totally took like the the um, the wind out of his uh, out of his sails. Anyway, anyway, bringing it back around, uh, Sissy Stringer says, "I think if you look at the lore of the game." Sometimes it's different, but it's all within the world. Melina is a clone, so I may have died in the first one. But like Shang Tsung says, death is just another portal. Anyone could come back at any time. Anything could happen. If you're a fan of Melina, don't give up hope. I don't know yet, but don't give up hope. Okay. Like how I said bringing it back, and I just talked about this actress who just happens to be in both things, but I'm still talking about Mortal Kombat. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Because honestly, I don't care about this vampire thing. Nah, this is for kids. Knife wrench for kids. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that. Yep. Should we talk about some movies? Let's fucking let's all go to the movies. Let's all go to the movies. Let's all go to the movies and have ourselves a snack. I don't think that's how it goes. <laughs> Is it not? It's a, let's all go to the lobby. 
and have ourselves a snack. Oh, didn't even realize <laughs> you were saying that. Okay. Yeah, let's do some film reviews. All right, guys. So we've got two movies to speak of. And um, I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to answer. But which one do you want to start with, Taylor? Uh, well, I think we should start with the one. Let's get off on the right foot. Start with the one that everyone wants to hear about. Of course, I'm talking about Moloch. They say he died of hypothermia. Dead? Are you guys digging for treasure? Something like that. That is incredible. What was it? A very old woman. Hundreds of years. Throat has been cut. Just like the others. There more? Take it seriously. No. Do you think it's still happening? Sacrificing people to this god. Moloch. Sensitive family. They're making me do it. With these things, sometimes it's best to just leave it be. Any, any number of ways to pronounce it. Um, it's it is, Dutch. It is a Dutch film. <laughs> the Dutch. Um, There's two things I hate. There are two kinds of people I can't stand. <laughs> Those who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Dutch. Um, so, yeah. Mo- um, I think they, in the movie they say Moloch. I mean, they don't say it many times, but when they did, I believe they pronounce it Moloch. At the end. You gotta get in the back of your throat. Ah! <laughs> oh. What was that? You just went pirate with it. 
Monty Python. Oh. So, ooh, no, no, no. It's more like, ah, on the back of the throat. Uh, you just sounded like, Scully's catch of the day. <laughs> R.I.P. Rip. Rip, rip. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, yeah, uh, Dutch film uh, from this year. It is a Shutter exclusive. Um, so, movie centers around uh, Beatrix or Beatrix. 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 Not to be confused with my dog, Beatrice. Beatrice. <laughs> um, Beatrice. Uh, she's just a gal. Just some lady. Just a gal living her life. She's got a daughter. Um, hey, lady. <laughs> Listen, lady. <laughs> what was Hannah? Hannah. Okay. There's a bunch of Scandinavian names in this, and I really had a hard time keeping them. And also, straight. only five people on IMDb have photos. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those movies. Okay, so um, the film opens up on this uh, a young girl uh, in. Looks like a like a cupboard or like a like a pantry or something, yeah. And she's just down in the I think corner, it was a pantry. and she's trying to get the attention of this little mouse, this little dormouse, trying to feed it. Uh, and all of a sudden, what was she trying to feed it? I couldn't tell. I was like, is that uh, um, asbestos? Like. <laughs> A little bit of cheese. Like it looked like insulation, <laughs> or cotton candy, because they both look exactly the same. Yeah, maybe he's just feeding <laughs> the cotton candy. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, she's uh, trying to feed this mouse, and she hears a, a scuffle coming from above her head, and that that turns into screaming. Um, and suddenly we see this drop of blood drop on her knee. And when she goes to see what it is, you know, kind of dab her finger in it, more of it just starts like just pouring onto her. Then from there, we jump ahead. Was it 13 years? 30. 30? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I will drop a disclaimer here. I was trying to manage a toddler while watching this, so... And Tony also does not speak Dutch. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I do not, in fact, speak Dutch. Common to, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> I do not speak Dutch. And, like, I picked this movie. After almost nine years, people who listen to the show know that I can't fucking stand subtitles and i picked this movie because the trailer led me to believe that the film was in english i mean there's there's a fair amount of it that is in english i'd say 40 percent of it is in that english sounds about right uh the rest of it is in dutch and subtitled so reading subtitles while watching after a toddler is not an easy feat yeah and also when it said 30 years later it didn't say 30 years later. It said 30 jar later. Yeah. Which I assume is the Dutch word for years. Yeah, it was. This was like the subtitles, the English subtitles. Were, I guess it's probably yar. 
Right? Yeah. Yar. Soft, soft J. Soft J. Yar. 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 Yarp. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, these subtitles were very clearly written by somebody who is a native Dutch speaker or, you know, not, not a native English speaker. Yeah. Because some of the, like some of the translations weren't exactly how you'd say them in English. Yeah. And they could just be literal translations too. Right. <clears throat> anyway, so we jump ahead 30 years um, and I think we're just, there's a lot of things to just assume in this movie because they don't, they don't hold your hand, but at the same time, it's just like you you kind of have to make a leap. Well, yeah, a lot of a lot of things kind of get circled back. So you like you have to kind of make an assumption, and then at the end, you either confirm or deny. Right. Um, so we jump ahead thirty years, thirty hours to um, Beatrice. Uh, Beatrice. I'm gonna have trouble with that the entire time. Beatrice. Um, she she's now obviously a full grown woman. She uh, I don't really know. Is she like a composer or something? I guess so because she records herself playing the violin, but then it, she just like gave it to her friend who was doing a play for children. I think she was banging the guy. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um. Yeah, but I don't know like if that's her job. Her job? Her, her job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <God>, hold on. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Yeah, she... Uh, she, so I mean, she, I don't I don't know if this is her profession or if she's just doing it like a, like Taylor said for like a a, a children's play. Um, yeah, because I mean, later they go on about this play that they do every year, and it's like the, a big town event, right? And, and so yeah, she's making music for that. Um, but she uh, has a daughter, ten ish years old, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little younger. Um. <clears throat> And uh, she lives in um, the northern part of the Netherlands, uh, adjacent to a, a bog. Because they just live near bogs in the Netherlands. Yeah, I mean, they, they, over there in like Scotland and all those places, there's bogs everywhere. There's the bog, 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 town. bog country. They call it. Bog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, bog, she, Bogdenville. <laughs> And uh, she lives there with her parents. Um, and as she's driving home, she encounter or she drives past this guy, and he's he's walking through the bog, and he's covered in what looked like bags. And I'm just sitting there, like, what is this? Some kind of bag guy, or, ba- <laughs> ba- or some kind of bag man? And then, like, she gets home, and her dad is talking to the cops, and he says, "Well, they were looking for bag man, like." Nailed, Nailed it. it. <laughs> um, and uh, shittiest superhero ever. <laughs> I don't know why he's wearing the bags, aside from just being. I think he's just crazy. A, he's a vagrant. Yeah, yeah. And he's that's he carries his stuff in bags. But it's not like 
It's not like a backpack bag or like a no. like, like a duffel bag. It's like, it's grocery like little bags. grocery bags yeah. just hanging off of him like clothing. Um, I mean, it's it's uh, ingenuitive. I mean, that's that's one. That's, He's like, what do you want to do? What do you what do you do when you have stuff to carry but you don't want to carry a bag? Introducing the bag jacket. Like, sure, for kids. <laughs> it's like when uh, what's her face wore a meat dress. Yeah. Meat drapes. Meat drapes. <laughs> you lampooning me, meat drapes? Uh, <laughs> was Heidi right. Klum, right? Huh? Was Heidi Klum that wore the meat dress? Wasn't it Lady Gaga? Oh, Lady Gaga also wore a meat dress, but I think I thought Heidi Klum did too. Uh, I don't know. I know uh, Johnny Knoxville wore a meat suit, and then he went to lay out on the beach and got pecked by birds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, that's what happens. That's what birds do. <laughs> that's what happens when you wear meat to the beach. In the sun. Um, so, uh, yeah, he says that uh, the cops are looking for a bag man because he was out digging in the bog. And was there a reason? Cause, he uh, found something weird, they said. That was all okay. Said. I, I, I might need you to help me with this because, again, I was my attention was split. Um. And, uh, and she's like, oh, yeah, I saw him on my way home. And I'm like, okay, well, they'll, they'll find him then. Uh, and they did find him dead. He was dead. He's just crying, crying. He's so dead. <laughs> <laughs> they say he died of hypothermia. Died, died, died. died, died, died. <laughs> <laughs> or a heart attack caused by hypothermia. Right. Um. Uh, but yeah, he was just dead out, and he he dug a hole and died. Dug in a it. hole, dug a hole, dug a hole. Yeah, like that. And then he died in it. Yeah, died, died, <laughs> died, died. <laughs> I'm never gonna get through this. Um, this is what they pay me for. <laughs> the heck, to, to punch it up. Um, to add punch. So okay, yeah, and uh, I was setting you up there. You could have quoted the movie where the guy says, "But does it really need punch?" What is that? When she gives the guy the song and he's listening to it, and he's like, no, it's good. And she's like, yeah, I just thought it added a little more. Oh, he's right. like, we already have music. And she says, I thought this added a little more punch. And he says, yeah, but do we really need punch? It's like, I don't know. Do you need me to come over tonight? I don't know. You want to blow or what? <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> what are we even doing here? <laughs> um, what is that? It's a, it's a lot of things. I don't know what you're thinking. Fuck! What? Oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Anyway, um, so yeah, the uh, out in the bog, um, a team of experts uh, of one sort or another have been called out to investigate. They're archaeologists of some kind. Did they say that? I don't know. That's what I read. Yeah, I mean, the leader is Jonas. With a My soft, name is with Jonas. A soft, yeah. Um. <laughs> And he's a science guy. Science bitch. <laughs> and he's been called in to do science stuff on something they found in the bog, uh, which is apparently the almost mummified body of a woman. Man, how did Jonas get put in the rest of cast section? Oh, I know. His agent sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so... um, 
so they're yeah they're investigating this body uh like I said is is well i guess i didn't say it but it it, it appears to be quite old <laughs> yeah and yet surprisingly well preserved right it's kind of like in the mummy a little bit or yeah. like the mummy returns but not quite so scorpion king that's it's later. True. It's true. There is no Scorpion King in this film. But there is in the other one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> we did that on purpose. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Um, anyway, so he's just very impressed by the, the preservation. Being out in the bog, I mean, it's a wet. So wet. It's moist. It's moist. 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 Moist, 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 <laughs> moist. Um, I mean, things I'll don't be right back. I have to refill. The show's not over. <laughs> the uh, but I mean, things don't hold up well in moist environments, that's why things get rotted and waterlogged because mm-hmm. water just logs makes it moist, <laughs> makes it, it logs it, yeah. Um, but anyway, so they're investigating it and. Uh, Batrik, she, let's see what happens. Oh, so was it her, 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 she goes out one morning and she sees that her, her father is talking to one, one of the people on, on, on the site um, because the, the bog is like re- literally like out their back door. Um, so she goes out. And he's her dad's arguing with these English speakers, you know, arguing with them in Dutch. And so Jonas comes up. <clears throat> well, I mean, you're skipping the part where they found the they saw the guy outside their window. Dude. The night before, they saw somebody outside in their garden, oh. and they were like, "Oh, it's probably Bagman." And the dad was like, "No, he's dead." And so then that's what the dad was arguing with, oh, with Jonas okay. about. For some reason, in my head, I thought that was later. Okay. You're right. So they did see somebody outside their window the night before. And the next morning, her dad's arguing with people on the dig site saying, you know, you, you people can't walk around our house. You know, the next time that happens, there's going to be a problem. And, you know, Beatrice uh, <laughs> is uh, translating this for her dad to, to Jonas. And Jonas is like, oh, absolutely. I'll talk to my team. My, you know, my apologies. This won't happen again. And pretty much right away, the two of them are making you know fuck eyes at each other. Right? He's like, "I'm sorry, it'll never happen again." So, what's your story? <laughs> um, and uh, so they start looking into the story behind this woman they found in the bog. Um, <clears throat> and over the course of time, they start finding other bodies, other women, all buried in the bog, all have the same injuries of, of vertical, like they, their throats were slit vertically, not horizontally, like you, like, you know, how you usually slit somebody's throat. Right. <laughs> how, you know, how, how you may have slit somebody's throat in the past. You've seen movies. Yeah. Uh, it's slit vertically, which is is very strange. Um, they all appear to be roughly, the, I think they say roughly the same age, mm-hmm. but later, later on you actually learn they're all from different 
generations. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Jonas and his team are just trying to figure out the significance of this. Uh, meanwhile, um, Patrick and, and uh, she's dealing with her, her, her dad who apparently, let's see. So his trying, she, she's telling Jonas this, that her grandma had died inexplicably. Like n- nobody knows or she, she was murdered and they never found the guy. Don't know what exactly happened to her. Around that time, her dad went kind of nuts and lost his job. And her mother just come became like completely shut off emotionally. <clears throat> um, and, uh, and, you know, she's just been, de- and oh, and her husband, Beatrice's husband died. So she said she had moved to New York where she was studying music, I think she said. Yeah. And um, her husband died and, you know, left her with, you know, she was pregnant with her daughter. Um, so she came back home. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Am I, am I covering the significant stuff so far? Yeah, and well, also her mother is having seizures. Right. I was, yeah, I was getting to that. Her mother seems to be having health problems that nobody seem, can seem to diagnose. She, she's had um, multiple tests, and nobody seem, can seem to give her... Well, she, she keeps trying to avoid going to the doctor. Yeah. Well, she, uh, I mean, it made it sound like she's been to several doctors already, and she's just kind of like, nobody can help me, so I'm whatever. This is my life now. Right. Um, but Beatrice's very insistent on her trying to get to the bottom of it. Um. So she's just been through, you know, countless tests and scans and and whatnot. Um, and this new doctor is saying that it's probably all mental and she should go to therapy. Right. Um, so, yeah, she's just got a lot going on. She's very stressed out. And, um, yeah, and her and, her and Yona start getting more, you know, closer and closer. Um, and then... I don't know. You can't really get into the le- the legend without starting yeah, to give stuff away. I know. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I don't know. Basically, you start to find out. I mean, obviously, all these women that are buried in the bog, uh, you start to find out they're all connected. Mm-hmm. And people around town, like at one point, another person from Jonas's team comes into their house in the middle of the night. And grabs a knife and tries to kill uh, um, Beatrice's mom. And, and she he doesn't s- stop until uh, her dad hits him over the head with... A it, hammer. Was that a hammer? Yeah. Okay. Um, and, um, yeah, so just all this weird shit starts happening. And, yeah, like, they find all these women are in the, in the bog are connected. I thought oh. it was... I don't want to say funny, but I like the way, like, you know, the the dad tells Jonas that if if so if anybody comes over to our house again, it's not going to end well for them. And then like this guy comes into their house and he's attacking the mom with a knife, and he so roll the dad hits him over the head of the hammer, and then he just goes, "Damn it, 
I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking told you. Um. Yeah. So yeah, all these women turn out to be connected. I, I won't go deeper than that. Um, and it all seems to be tied back to this local legend, right? Going back centuries, centuries, um, if not a millennia. Um, and um, it it starts to get kind of deep into like. Um, not really Satanism, but like demon worship. Yeah. Witches, witchcraft. Yeah. That kind of stuff. And like, I wish I could like explain more, but if I do, it it starts to get really into like kind of revealing the the, the deeper plot and spoiler territory. So I'll kind of leave it there. And I wish it sounded more entertaining (laughs) without, without those details, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, Anyway, what did you think, Taylor? Uh, it was it was good. I thought it was paced really well. Um, yeah. It's you know it's not a like hack and slash high octane thrill ride or anything. Mm. Uh, it's much more deliberate. It's much more um, you know tension based and all about weird creepiness. But there's also not like a bunch of you know weird goofy special effects or anything. Um, I thought it, it did just enough to kind of keep keep the ball rolling. It's ninety nine minutes. That's so you know right around basically average. Mm-hmm. But I thought it moved really well and uh, and kind of had the the tense spots at the right moment. Not a lot of bullshit jump scares. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, oh yeah. Overall, it was it was pretty good. Um, it seemed like the. They kind of telegraphed the reveals a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Especially the ending. I mean, I don't know about you, but pretty much as soon as um, they... So the 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 legend centers around this woman named Fike. Fikey. I, or is it, is I think it it's Fikey, yeah. I, I, I heard three different things. I heard Fike, I heard Fika, yeah, and Fikey. Yeah, I feel like I did too. So one of those three. Or maybe all three. Who knows? Um, so this this whole legend centers around this girl, um, and uh, once you learn about this legend, the rest of the movie it pretty much you pretty much knows knows oh, what's going yeah. on. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because it had another twenty minutes left. There's also like <laughs> it's. It's like as if it wasn't obvious enough once they reveal that. They also like add more on top of that, like the drawing. Right. The Tim Burton drawing. <laughs> Tell me that didn't look like a Tim Burton drawing. It did look like a Tim Burton drawing. But it's like like they should reveal that and you're like, no, we got it. Yeah. We didn't need that part. Well, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but I mean that that as it as it may be, uh Sometimes it's the journey and not the destination. Sure, you know? yeah. It it was entertaining. Um, like Taylor said, there was it wasn't a lot of blood and guts. Um, it wasn't overly violent, but there was some, a little bit. The effects that were there were pretty good, I thought. Yeah. And the imagery felt a little Ari Aster-y. a little bit. I mean, this almost felt like an A twenty four film. Yeah, 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, it was, it, was, it was pretty good. It was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I I wish. It, I mean, when you're filming outdoors and the setting is a bog <laughs> in a country like the Netherlands, where I mean, I've never been there, obviously, but I, I imagine it being kind of overcast a lot. It looked like it was overcast a lot. Yeah. Um, that there wasn't a lot. I mean, it, it was hard to see, especially, I mean, you may not have this issue. I imagine this place stays pretty pretty dark when you got it closed up, yeah. right? Yeah. My living room, I mean, you've been in there during the day. It lights up just because yeah. the sun is like... Blair, even with our curtains drawn, it's still super bright in there, like pretty much all day long. So it was difficult for me to see the screen when it was so dark. So I wish there was a little more light just so I could have seen it better. But I mean, that's that's me. That's a that's a personal thing, I guess. Um. But. Also, not to be <clears throat> confused with Modoc. Wasn't that the the Pat Oswalt <laughs> Marvel? Yeah, yeah. No, it's definitely not Modoc. <laughs> right. Don't watch this thinking you're going to see that because you're going to be like, "What the fuck is going on? When does the little flying guy come out? Where's Pat Oswalt? I don't know what's going on. I have trouble watching things. I don't understand movies." <laughs> no, I mean Moloch is a uh, is a real demon. Is it? I was wondering how much of the the lore was real or a pagan deity, people against goodness and normalcy, right? Hail Shaitan! Rotten. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's, cool. Uh, <laughs> The etymology of Moloch is uncertain. Most scholars derive it from the root. Oh wait, uh, I the, the story of Fikey was a little convoluted, in my opinion. It seems a little simple, I guess, to me. I mean, it's it's. I guess we can get into a little bit, but it's it's a fairly well worn story where like they she makes a deal with a demon, but not you know the devil specifically makes a deal with a demon, and he says, "All right, but I get your firstborn." Yeah, well, not just your firstborn, but your offspring. Off, yeah. yeah. Um. But she was also like, "Hey, if you give me what I want, then I'll I'll sacrifice myself." So she was already making a sacrifice, and the demon just he doubled down, and she took it. That was dumb. It's bad poker. Uh, She's like, yeah, whatever, man. Moloch is the name of it. She's like, whatever, I'm dead. <laughs> Fill me with cream. <laughs> <laughs> Just throw me in the dumpster. <laughs> uh, uh, the name or a term which appears in the Hebrew Bible several times, primarily in the book of Leviticus. The Bible strongly condemns practices which are associated with Moloch. Practices which appear to have included child sacrifice. Yeah, I feel like in general, like, like I've never read it, but I believe 
from what I from my understanding, there's just a general discouragement of deals with demons. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Typically, yeah. Since the medieval period, uh, Moloch has been portrayed as a bullheaded idol with outstretched outstretched hands over a fire. This depiction takes brief mentions of Moloch in the Bible and combines them with various sources, including ancient accounts of Carthaginian Carthaginian? child sacrifice and the legend of the Minotaur. The Minotaur! Not to be confused with Mantar from from WWF in the 80s. I'm not familiar with that one. Have you never seen Mantar? I mean, not to my knowledge. <laughs> He's exactly what you think he is. God. <laughs> Do you ever think there are times when they're planning out characters in WWE slash WWF? They're like, maybe this is not a great idea. And then they just did it anyway. And then Vince was like, oh, this is great shit, pal. <laughs> Oh, fuck yeah. Give him a giant dick, too. Because apparently Vince has some kind of affinity for giant dicks. Yeah, remember when he wanted Kane to have a giant dick and see no evil? Yep. And he wanted him to kill people with it? Like, that was, like, the reason he was so upset is because he had a giant dick. (laughs) Wasn't that part of it? (laughs) Probably. Sure, that sounds like some crazy (laughs) shit that he would do. I mean, I, I know. That's why I'm so angry all the time. Why am I cursed with this huge dick? <laughs> you haven't watched Peacemaker, have you? No. I've seen the opening credits. Sure. <laughs> Who hasn't? It's, it's, it's easily the best part of the show. Um, but uh, he's telling a character that, or another character that he has a giant penis. And she's just like, kind of laughs it off. He's like, no, seriously, it hurts people. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, Moloch. Not to be confused with Mollusk, which is a sea creature. That is correct. <laughs> this is on Shudder. I don't know if we've said that ever. Yeah, I said it was a Shudder exclusive. It is. Yeah, but a lot of times Shudder exclusives aren't on Shudder. Yeah, <laughs> it is on Shudder. That I can verify because that's where I watched it. Is it also on AMC Plus? Likely. <laughs> So it's not very exclusive, then, is it? Well, I mean, AMC owns Shudder, so... Or rather, Shudder is AMC, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, quite. Guys, if you don't have Shudder, let I'm me tell you... You're not going to pay us. <laughs> let me tell you, guys. Shudder is one hell of a value. We get a lot of mileage out of Shudder, and it's only $7 a month. Six ninety nine if you're if you're nasty, but uh, totally worth it. I mean, I agree, but we don't need to keep shilling for them. <laughs> Maybe one day they'll hear us. They'll give us money. Maybe they'll sponsor the Grave Plot Film Fest at the wonderful Arc Lodge Theater in in Seattle, Washington. Arc Lodge Cinemas. Theater cinema cinemas cinemas. Is it, is it multiple cinemas? Yes. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Okay. Um, 
yeah, this was, it was overall a, a good movie. Um, I wish they hadn't, like I said, telegraphed the ending so badly. You know, just give you a little suspense. Yeah. You know, not because, I mean. The ending was also a little hokey. Yeah. A um, little bit. Like, not like grown worthy, but just a little hokey. Yeah. But also, it, also, it's like, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I get it. Yeah, no, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> I know what's going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, I guess I don't have a lot of complaints about it. Um, I'll give it a, give it an eight. Why not? All right. I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, you would. I would. I do resent the fact that I was given a bait and switch with it being in English. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but I mean, at least when I start editing this episode, the trailer will be in English. <laughs> that's always good. I hate when the only trailer they have is either not in English or it's completely silent except for sound effects. Oh, I know. Those are the worst ones to when you're listening to the podcast you're just like <laughs> it's like do I just not <laughs> Oh my god! Okay. Back away from the mic when you do that. Um, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, but in like situations like that, it's like, do I just not put it? Okay, I'll cut you off. I can do it. I'll cut you. Period. I'll cut your dick off with a knife. <laughs> yeah, I assume so. <laughs> Um, what was I saying? I don't know. Something stupid. Fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. Should we talk about the other movie? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> All right. You say yeah, but I say nope. All right, everyone. Good night. <laughs> Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitchers could move, we had skin in the game. It's a bad miracle. They got work for that.
nah, nah, nah. All right, so we're talking about Nope. Of course, brand new movie written, directed, and produced by Jordan Peele. This movie opens up with a chimpanzee that has just murdered someone. So let me in a party hat. (laughs) Yeah. On a TV set. Yes. Let me stop you there. So I walked into this movie, and the trailers already started. So I know I probably missed like one or two of them. I sit down. Did you see the one for the new uh, um, Guard, Bill Skarsgård movie? Barbarian or Barbaric or something like that? I don't know. Looks like it could be cool. I'll have to look it up. I may have seen it. I just didn't really register it. Um, but anyway, so I'm in the theater and it plays. You know, the trailer finishes. Lights come down. Like, okay. And so I, I'm, I'm fucking around my phone. I, I put my phone away. And I'm just going to lean it in. And it starts like, like there, there are words like talking about like, oh, fuck, I can't even remember exactly what it said. But it was like talking about like, um, I think like the atomic bomb. Or, you know, like, uh, you know, the nuclear science and stuff like that. And I'm like, what What does this have to do with the movie? And um, it turns out it was just another trailer. Oh, the Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, for yeah. Oppenheimer. I was like, was that right before the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, but then there was no, like, this preview has been approved to go with this motion picture or whatever. Did they drop the lights for you, too? Yeah. Okay. So what the fuck? Christopher Nolan is just like, hey, just put my put my trailer in before the movie. Don't, <laughs> don't tell him it's a trailer. And they're uh, like, yes, sir, Mr. Nolan. Right. Um, I'm like, what the fuck does this have to do with Nope? Or, you know, Aliens or, you know, whatever whatever this movie I end up being about. Um, and then, yeah, it turned out to be the Oppenheimer trailer. But then the movie starts, and it's a fucking monkey, or you know, a, ch- a chimp, who's clearly massacred people on a television set. Like, is this, what is does this movie? have to do with it? <laughs> I know, like, literally, like, you see this, <clears throat> you just see, like, half a, a person. Not They're not ripped in half, but they're, like, covered by a chair, I think it was. Yeah. And you just, so you just see, like, their legs sticking out, and they're clearly maimed. And this chimpanzee with, like, bloody hands... Walks onto the set wearing a party hat and he like pokes at the body and like sits down, like throws off his party hat and then it goes like universal. And I, I feel really, like I was the only one in the theater going, the, the fuck was that? <laughs> Did nobody else see that? Is nobody else confused? <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> and everyone else just like, oh yeah, monkey it makes monkey party hat makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. I see how that fits. <laughs> uh, so Fast forward, I guess, to uh, this horse farm. Present day. Present day. Because although OJ's was a, a flip phone, that was an old. Was it, I don't know if it was a because they're making it, flip phones again. That's true. So was it a new flip phone or an old flip phone? I don't know. That's that's hard to say fast. Old flip phone. 
Just flip phone. Flip flip phone? Flip phone. <laughs> flip phone. So we go to this horse farm, uh Haywood Hollywood horses. Hmm? That's horses right. of Hollywood. I think Haywood was was the company. It was definitely Haywood. But it was either Haywood Hollywood Horses or Haywood Horses of Hollywood. Triple H, either way. The game. Oh, wait. Uh Haywood Hollywood. Oh, Haywood Hollywood Hollywood Horse Horse Ranch. Ranch. Yeah. Uh, We see Otis Haywood, played by Keith David. And his son, OJ, Otis Jr., played by Daniel Kaluuya. And why would you why would you go by that? (laughs) I mean, granted, when he was, well, I don't know how how old Kaluuya is, but like that had to be when he was a child. You know, old enough to have like a nickname. It had to be around the time of the OJ trial. Sure. So why? Yeah, like especially if you're black. Yeah. And even if he had the name before that, why would you still go by it? Yeah, like I, you can call me Otis. Yeah. Or Odie or something. like. Or Junior. Something. Yeah. Or, you know, just Flash. Just, just give yourself a whole new nickname. <laughs> T-Bone. T-Bone. <laughs> T-Bone. <laughs> Coco. But they're, they're at, you know, um, Otis is out there riding one of the horses. OJ's got some tools or something in his hand. He's walking back towards the house. And all of a sudden they hear this noise. And like it sounds like a mixture of just screaming and other kinds of shrieking sounds. And it seems to be coming from the sky. And so Otis is just like, man, did you, did you hear that? And then all of a sudden, stuff just starts falling out of the sky. And then they think it's hail or something at first. That's what it looks like. Um, yeah, because, I mean, it's heavy. It's not like rain. And then it stops, and OJ looks back, and he's like, you know, what the hell was that? And Otis doesn't respond. And then the, the horse starts walking, and Otis topples over. Mm-hmm. And turns out he was hit by a nickel. That went into his brain. Did it go through the back of his head? Is that what happened? Well, I, I, they showed the they just showed the X rays, and it was like behind his eye. Yeah, when they showed him, he was dead on the slab. Yeah, there was a, a slot in his eye. Right. So I don't. But when he got, well, I guess he didn't really see him get hit. Now I'm thinking about it. No, but um, he was face down when he was on the horse, though. Right. I mean, I guess if he was looking up, it could have. See, that, that I guess that was my thinking at the time. He was looking up, so it must have gone directly into his eye. Yeah. Anyway. And then we also see a, a key got like stuck in the horse's ass. Mm-hmm. So somehow just this metal things are falling out of the sky. Fast forward six months. Uh, OJ is now in charge of Haywood Hollywood Horses. And he is not built for it. He is, yeah, he he is very timid. Uh, but his luckily his sister M Emerald, played by Kiki Palmer, is she's an aspiring actress, model, singer, craft services actress, model, dancer, whatever. Yeah, pretty much. She's very you know bubbly and everything, but she's late. He's on this. Is it? It's a commercial, right? Does it ever say? I don't. For some reason, I feel like it was a commercial, but I, I, guess it I don't seemed know. Like a it, commercial, yeah, yeah. But so the 
director's like being a dick to him. The director, by the way, is played by Oz Perkins, who is a real life director. I feel like he directed something we watched. It's also Anthony Perkins' son. Um, but he's, you know, I feel like we did watch the movie, right? He's kind of giving OJ oh, shit, right? Yeah, he was it the uh, pretty little thing. Is that him? Yep, and Black Coat's daughter, and Gretel and Hansel. So he, in my opinion, does not make good movies. <laughs> Um, but you know, he's telling OJ to like give the speech and OJ's just kind of like, you know, uh, Hey, we, at he would Hollywood horses. Uh, and finally M comes in and gives the whole big speech. They say that the, you know, the first moving picture was a black man riding a horse and that everyone knows who made that film, but no one knows the name of the actor. And they say that it was their great, great. Great grandfather, right? Three greats. She, she says great, great, and he says another great. Yeah. And so that's how Haywood Hollywood Horses got started. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and OJ is trying to keep. I mean, there are I mean, just there are very strict rules and precautions when you have a live animal on a set. Yeah. Um, he's telling people, he's like, don't get behind it. Don't look it in the eye. Yeah. And just, you know, trying to keep these Hollywood types in line is just, I, I, I imagine there's a good deal of it that about that. That's true, but it's probably very, um, amplified. Exaggerated. Yeah. But yeah, all these people are basically, you know, he's, like you said, he's very timid and you know soft spoken, and he's not really meant for the 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 showman type. The of limelight, it. yeah. Um, but he is being very clear, like don't stand behind the horse. He keeps telling people, don't stand behind the horse, don't look the horse in the eye, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, this is also the part where like the big Hollywood actress comes on set and he's like, "This is our horse wrangler, OJ," and she's like, "Your name is OJ?" Yeah. <laughs> anyway and one guy is like what happened to otis and the director's like oh he died right <laughs> like nobody seems real sure about oj but the i don't know if it was the director or the dp or something comes up he's got, got i don't know what this thing is even used for but it's like a ball that's shiny on one side and he like flips it around right in front of the horse's face yeah i mean i feel like it, I mean, it has to do something with like the camera lights or something maybe but yeah he flips it around to the mirrored side right in front of the horse and the horse kind of freaks out and bucks just about takes the actress out and so they get fired from the set even though it wasn't their fault right um and we find out that uh OJ has actually been selling his horses to this guy named um, Jupe. I don't remember what his real name is. Uh, Ricky Jupe Park, played by Steven Yeun. Uh, of course, Glenn from The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Who has this cowboy-themed amusement park called Jupiter's Claim. Oh, okay. So I, I can't see the full answer because it's one of those message boards where you have to sign up to see the whole post. It says, um, modern CGI software relies on a technique called image-based lighting to match the light of the 3D scene to that of the live-action shot. 
So something to do with CGI. And okay. it was on a big green screen. Yeah, and the and horse the had horse little was, X's yeah. taped to him. So there you go. Okay. So yeah, this guy Jupe, he's got this Jupiter's Claim mm. theme park uh, because he, as a kid, he was on a show or in a movie called was a Show. Was it a show? I thought it was a movie. I believe it was a show, but I, I don't. It, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was, yeah, it was called Young Sheriff, and he was uh, he was the, the token Asian kid on it, which I I think that's the theme of this one. You know, Peel's movies always have an underlying theme, and I think kind of tokenism is. I mean, I guess I was having a real hard time trying it because I I knew it had to be something, right? But I was having a real hard time finding it. Yeah, it's definitely not. Unless I totally missed it, it's definitely not like overt racism, like his last yeah. two movies. Yeah. Well, I guess even us wasn't really so much racism; it's classism. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't either of those things, at least from what I could gather. Um, so yeah, I was I'm watching the whole movie. I'm like, okay, there's something in here somewhere that's like an underlying theme. Yeah. And it's not obvious, but I gotta find it anyway. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, OJ's selling his horses to to this guy. Uh, we also find out that, that Jupe actually has a offer to buy the whole ranch, right? But OJ is emotionally tied to it, so he doesn't want to. Although M is just like, let's cut our losses and go, like, right? But uh, one night, one of the horses' ghost sees something in the distance that makes him panic. He jumps over the fence and just takes off. And uh, so OJ and M hire this guy, Angel, from Fry's Electronics. There's a few different product placements in this. Yeah. But he comes and installs a bunch of cameras for him. And he. Fucking Universal has got to be product placement. <laughs> through their conversation, he kind of realizes that they think that they have some kind of UFO hotspot or something. And so he's kind of like he's actually watching them, watching their cameras from his computer, mm-hmm. which is so illegal. highly illegal. Yeah, but, but also the reason why you should not have cameras on any kind of like unsecured network. Yeah, but they notice that there's this one cloud that never seems to move. And, uh, I mean, from the trailers, I'm sure you've seen that there's this flying disc that comes out of this cloud and kind of flies over their head and just sucks up everything in its path. Yeah, it just creates like this tornado. Pretty much, yeah. And then it spits out all the inorganic matter, which is what happened to Otis. And... To comment on that, the actually like revealing mostly what is actually going on, for, for as cryptic as the advertising had been for this movie, for them to just drop a trailer like that, it basically gives away almost entirely what it is. That seemed odd. Well, yeah, especially when like the whole reason allegedly that the movie's called Nope is because like it's not what you think, which it's it's not. But yeah. Kinda, but it, but not nah. right. Yeah, but exactly. nope, <laughs> but nope. Yeah, um, yeah. So basically, the the whole movie from this point on is 
not them trying to escape, not them trying to capture anything physically, but just to get footage to get their, their Oprah shot as they call it. (laughs) Um, which Uh, I could be another theme like influencer culture, clout chasing. Yeah, I could see that. Um, Because they're, I mean, they're putting themselves in danger just to get the shot, right? Like, yeah. I mean, at one point in the movie, there is somebody who literally puts their life on the line to get just ridiculous footage. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, and I'm yeah. I mean, that's really as deep as I can go because I don't, I don't want to give away the, the big reveal because, that's the nope moment, right? Yeah, and um, oh, mm. I will say, if you go to like mediastinger.com or like aftercredits.com or something, and you see that it says that there's something after the credits, don't fucking bother. Here, I'll tell you what it is. It is an advertisement for the Jupiter's Claim section of the Universal Studios backlot tour. So if you go to Universal Studios and you take the the backlot tour. Check out Jupiter's Claim. Don't waste your time. Say, well, I mean, if you're one of those people that want to support the filmmakers by sitting through the credits, fine. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know how it's benefiting them at all. Yeah, you're not spending more money by being there later. It's like, oh, yeah, the third grip was right, oh, best, so-and-so. Best grip. boy key grip was yeah. Thomas Sorensen. <laughs> <laughs> that... that Fucking fifth person in that group of people that did CGI on this one part. Great. I love that. I love their work. (laughs) Anyway, don't sit through the credits. Just, yeah. There. I saved you 10 minutes. Yeah, and, like, I was sitting there all cocky because I was the only person that stayed in the theater. It was me and two other people. So I was just like, huh. These suckers, they don't know what I know. <laughs> then I watch it, I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Fuck me. Ovaltine. <laughs> um, did you... How, was your was your theater full? No. Okay, mine either. Like, Maybe a third. Okay, that, that's about what I'd estimate mine at, too. Like, I saw it on a Saturday in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah, same here. I would have thought that I would be a popular time to go, but I saw it at matinee times. So Save myself six dollars. Fucking a. So, what'd you think? Um. Oh, they do explain the monkey thing. The, yeah, <laughs> they do get into that. There's a few flashbacks to it, and like, the, I still don't really know what it has to do with the larger picture of the story. But they do explain. Unless it fits into the whole plot of seeking like the limelight and you know kind of the, the, the pitfalls that come with it, maybe. What do I know? Um. Yeah, I mean, overall, it was pretty good. I. I, I mean, I've only had a, like a day to process it, and it seems like. Jordan Peele movies take a little bit mm-hmm. to really set in. Yeah, maybe a second or third watching too. Yeah, so I mean, I, I might when this comes out, which I need to rewatch Us. I haven't watched rewatch. I haven't rewatched Us at all. I don't think I have either, actually. But 
yeah, I mean, I imagine if I rewatch this in six months, I'll probably process it more. And you know, and a week from now, I may have like been able to kind of analyze what I saw a little more. And that, like I said, that's kind of how you have to. You might do pick your... up on things too that you didn't necessarily get before. Yeah, there's there's a part where uh, Stephen Yoon is wearing this like cowboy shirt, and it's got a. a UFO like a flying saucer on the back and I was just like oh Easter egg and I was just like oh no that's pretty fucking blatant like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean like like I said when I was watching it I was really trying to pick up on kind of the message you saying clout chasing you know kind of seeking fame and, and popularity influencer culture yeah I, that really fits I yeah. think um and like I said, I didn't really pick up on it before, but, um, and you know, there, there's this one, um, so they're, they're trying to get footage of this thing, but the problem is that every time it comes near, whatever it's near, it kills the electricity. Right. Doesn't matter what it is. Car. Yeah. Even if it's battery, like, yeah. Cell phones die. Um, uh, walkie-talkie here, <laughs> you know, walkie-talkie, <laughs> calling from a walkie-talkie. Uh, everything, any, anything electronic just dies. Dies, 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 dies. Um, so they call in this the cinematographer who was working on this commercial, who's like this legendary photographer. His name is Antlers. Or, cinematographer, I mean, yeah, Antlers. You know, um, Which I thought it was it was Anders for most of the movie. I honestly, I thought it was until I saw it here in the, in the Wikipedia. Yeah, it's Anders or Antlers uh, Sandstrom. <laughs> it was Antlers Holst. And like the first time he said it, I was like, Anders Holm? Like from Workaholics? <laughs> um, the Durs? <laughs> uh, so yeah, they called this guy in. Um, because they're, they're just basically like you know, you if you want the shot of a lifetime, you know we've we've got it for you. Just you know, come out here. Oh, they tell them they're making a documentary at first, right? <clears throat> um, and yeah, he comes out with like this, you know, manual like hand crank hand camera. crank camera like they used back in the fucking turn of the century or turn of the twentieth century or in you know further back. Um. Back when they first started making the motion pictures. <laughs> the talkies. The t- <laughs> they weren't even the talkies yet. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, so, but even him being this, um, you know, sp- supposedly seasoned legendary cinematographer, you know, seeking out that one perfect that shot, perfect shot, you know, so just, you know, Again, f- playing into that kind of not so much clout chasing, but like just the, the pinnacle of, of fame and fortune, I guess. Right. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, I, 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 th- I still think Get Out is my favorite. I would probably put this one above us, though. See, I don't think I would. No, no. I, I think this is his his. I don't want to say weakest to date because it's 
still a damn good movie. Mm. I just I think that uh, that Get Out and Us were an upper echelon. But but I totally I, I get it. Like I'm not gonna argue with you and tell you that like why you're wrong to think that this is better than us. But <laughs> um, but to me, I I preferred us. But I'm also not a big sci-fi guy. Yeah. You like sci-fi guy? You want to die guy? <laughs> Punch you in the eye, guy. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm just trying to figure out. I, I'm, I'm trying to look up to see what I what I gave us. Oh, I got I got to pull it up right here. Do you? Yeah. Do 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 do. Hey, do 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 do. Where'd it go? You gave it a nine. I gave it an eight. That sounds about right. No, not Funhouse. Not a fucking Funhouse. Not Ghostbusters. <laughs> getting every, idiot. Getting everything with the letters U S next to them. <laughs> uh. Anyway, you have anything else you want to add? Um. The uh. The effects. are really good and uh really not what i expected i felt like they're really inconsistent really yeah like the the thing that was pretty good but there were other parts where like i know trying to think of how to say things without giving away stuff there are just there there are parts where like it was clear that like somebody was involved in a in a, a puppetry C, well CGI background oh and it, they, just, they didn't mesh well like they didn't it seemed like they were just they had a CGI background and I expected more from a Universal sure film so I mean it maybe that's part of it sure yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I won't necessarily dock at points for that. I just, I guess I expected better. Because, I mean, it was still good, like you said. I mean, great, great effects. But, like, as far as, it wasn't even, like, the spectacle stuff that was bad. It was it was the small things that I felt like could have been way better. Oh, and I know since people are probably waiting with bated breath, he wears a Scorpion King hoodie at one point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally it. Right. Because that was the first movie he ever worked on with his dad. Right. But then they end up using camels. They end up using anyway. camels anyway. Um, I talked to Max earlier today, and he said that he thinks this is the funniest of Peele's movies, which I think I would have to agree with. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Because uh, OJ and M's relationship is, is pretty funny. M is pretty funny. A- Angel's pretty funny, too. Angel is pretty funny, yeah. It's <laughs> It's it's funny to me, like he shows up. He so they they come into they go into Fry's and they buy all this AV equipment, and uh, they don't want to tell anybody what they're doing. And you know, Angel's just out of curiosity asking what they're doing with all this stuff. And the you know he he asks, you know, if you've been to Fry's or, or Best Buy or anything like that, they ask you if you want some professional insulation. In, yeah, insulation, and just nope. Nope, nope, no thank you. Nope. And he's like, okay. And Otis is like, or OJ's like, 
is it hard to set up? And he's like, you're not going to be able to set hey, up. He says, for me? No. <laughs> you won't be able to do it. So, yeah, he shows up in his big-ass sprinter van. Although he says, for me, no. And then not not for you, yes, but but you can't do it. <laughs> yeah, you won't be able to do it. Um, yeah, he shows up and he starts unloading all the stuff. And he's like, sorry, I was so out of it this morning. I just got out of a four-year relationship. And he just starts, like, unloading on OJ his b- shitty breakup. And he's, like, showing her pic- showing pictures of his yeah. ex-girlfriend. He's like, she's, she's an actress, so, you know, you might see her. Fucking CW. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and this all takes place out in uh, Agua Dulce, uh, Dulce, which is... Sweetwater. Huh? Sweetwater. Right? Sweetwater. Agua Dulce? Sweetwater. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. English translation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as far as location, it's um, it's it's in L.A. County. It's north of, of the city. Um, kind of in, in the hills, um, so yeah. But it uh, it all. So, I like I was we were texting yesterday about the Jupiter's claim set. They've got the set tour at Universal Studios, but from what I was seeing in the movie, unless it was all just like creative camera work, because you've been on the backlot tour, yeah, not in years, but. Right. There's not a lot of like open land out there. Yeah. It's not, not that I can recall. It's I, all, it's I all... think the one at Universal is a repro. I don't think that it's the, I don't think that's where they shot it. Okay. Cause I was telling you, I, I saw this girl I follow on Instagram. She went to some special media event at Universal Studios where they had like a, you know, a, a, a thing at the Jupiter's Claim set. And from what I was seeing from her Instagram stories, it all looked pretty legit, having now seen the movie. Um, I mean, like, all the buildings were there. I mean, the ones that I can recall, anyway. They had the well? I didn't see the well, but I, I have to assume it was there. since that was It's a pretty, a pretty major point, feature, yeah. You know. um, but, it, it, like, it, it, the way they had it going is they had, like, staff there working... As if it was an active amusement park. So Did they have like the big, um, like amphitheater area. I didn't see that in in these stories. They pretty much just saw like the kind of downtown area. Mm. Or well, the different parts of the of the of the park. Or it's not really a park, even so much. It's it's fairly small yeah. in scale, but like. There was like the music part, or not the um, the amphitheater area that was out was labeled out yonder, right? And then I think the town was called these parts. I think so, yeah, or those parts or something. Um, anyway, but yeah, so what I saw it looked all pretty legit. So I didn't really know if they maybe deconstructed the set and reconstructed it at Universal Studios, or if they actually managed to film it there despite being surrounded by other movie sets that were, you know, grander in scale and, you know, the backdrop of L.A. <laughs> yeah, and it opened day and date with the movie, which, like, is unheard of. Right. So, anyway. <clears throat> but I've never... I know where Aqua Dulce is, but I've never actually been there, but I know the area 
it, it's all very desolate. Um, so the, the their farm or their the ranch being out in the middle of nowhere is pretty accurate. Yeah. So it looks like it is the set, but they moved it to okay. the back lot. That makes sense because, like I said, it it all looks very accurate. Anyway, um, should we just do scores now? Oh, I suppose. Did I close the thing? Um, yeah. I mean, I like I said, I I preferred Get Out and Us, but that's not to say that I didn't really really enjoy this. I thought it was it was really good. It's it is very funny. Um, and it's this has some serious horror moments in it. Um, that might be a giveaway, so I won't say that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that this is a very well done movie. It's def- definitely the grandest scale of a Peel movie today. You know, like Get Out and Us were both very kind of smaller in scale, whereas they didn't have a lot of effects. They, you know, they were kind of more contained uh, location wise. This one just, it's 60, $68 million budget. So um, they spent, and it shows on the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, definitely his his um, his most grand of his three movies. Uh, very entertaining. It is a little long. It's two hours and 11 minutes, I think. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a long one. Yeah, and I kind of wonder. Long like my dick. Long like Kane's dick. (laughs) Give him a giant dick. Uh, (laughs) Which, I mean, they probably could have been cut down a little bit. His dick? (laughs) Well, yes, that too. (laughs) But I meant the movie. Um, But, I mean, it's not. It's not painfully long. It's not like you're watching it going, oh, my God, when is this over? Yeah. It moves along pretty well. Uh, eight. Yeah, I think I'll give it an eight, too. Um, like I said, I think I liked it better than us, but I must have, I don't know what I gave Get Out. I, I assume probably like a nine. Had to be a nine. I think we, I'm pretty sure we both gave it nines. Uh... You gave it an eight. Did I? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll give this one an eight as well. So it's just three eights. Three eights for Jordan. I mean, they're all very close in, in quality. Yeah. I mean, they're they're all great movies. Yeah. I don't think you can go wrong with a, any one of them. It's not like they're trilogies. I don't know why we're talking about it. Like, <laughs> I mean, can we just talk about him being the greatest horror director of all time? No. <laughs> we cannot. Man, that guy got ripped apart. Yeah, deservedly so. Fucking asshole. If you haven't seen it, the the Dear David guy on Twitter talked about how he thinks that it's time to just label Jordan Peele as the greatest horror director of all time because no other horror director has ever had three movies this good right in a row. Uh, And Jordan Peele himself was like, put the phone down, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he doesn't just... He says, no other horror director has had three great films, let alone three in a row. Yeah. Like, do you realize what you're saying right now? You're saying that... I've made my opinion of John Carpenter on very well, not maybe not abundantly clear, but clear. I think on on several occasions, uh, you don't necessarily dislike him, but you don't think he's the king of horror, right? But 
I would agree that he has not only had three good movies in a row, or three three good movies, but they were in a row. Yeah. I mean, Carpenter, Craven, Romero, just off the top of my head. like Yeah. Fulci, Argento. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and like, we both can't stand him, but James Wan is, you know... He makes money. Critically and financially successful, so... Pull your finger out of your ass. That's what I say. I say, pull your finger out of your ass. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> like, I don't know if you saw, but uh, uh, Peel followed up with his tweet. He says, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but I will, I, I will not stand for you to disrespect John Carpenter yeah, that I way. <laughs> anyway. I, right. like I was telling you, like, this is the guy that did the, the whole Dear David thing on, yeah. on Twitter that we talked about on the show. That's now being adapted into a movie. So I'm just like, dude, you are killing enthusiasm for your own movie. Right. Unless you're like, Jordan Peele, please direct my movie. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to blow smoke up his ass so he directs his movie. Yeah. Well, uh, go see Nope. Yeah, go see it. It's in theaters now. In a theater near you. Probably. It's weird though. Like, I mean, I don't know how recently this was updated, but like the budget was sixty-eight million, and so far box office is forty-four million. So, I f- I feel like to be considered a success, that um, a, a movie typically makes its money back by the end of its opening weekend. So, uh, it debuted to forty-four million, which is the most for an original film since us. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that was just its opening day. Yeah. Okay. So it's probably more than cleared that by now. Uh, opening. Yeah. It's that's all it's at. It has, it hasn't updated since then, but I guess that's opening weekend. It looks like, okay. Well, I mean the weekend's not over yet, so we'll see. Yeah. But, I mean, we have to assume that it's going to do well. When you assume, you make an asshole out yourself. All right. Is that it? Are we done? Did we do it? We did it, guys. We fucking made it. We did it, like, our second episode back, and we we, we made it. We breezed through it at a brisk two hours and 40 what? <laughs> I think it might be around two hours. Hey, you're I don't welcome. Remember, I don't remember how long Horror Business was, but I think it maybe hour or two, two and a half hours, somewhere in there. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, that's where we're going to call it. Thanks for joining us. Um, we'll be back again in a couple weeks. I know I haven't picked a movie yet, but what have you picked, Taylor? I have picked They Slash Them, the Kevin Bacon slasher movie. Coming to Peacock. You just got bacon. Bacon. Some kids are going to get so bacon. <laughs> yeah, bacon all over your face. I hope he bacon someone. I hope he does the. I hope he does the thing where he takes the magazine and puts it in the ocean. That's my favorite. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, when he takes a picture of somebody and covers his face. Hey, are you Kevin Bacon? No. <laughs> he just got bacon. <laughs> all right, guys. So why, why is that not a real show? I don't know. Because <laughs> people have no marbles. Marbles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
so yeah, that's going to be in a couple weeks, and I promise I'll pick a movie before the movie or before the show comes out. Because that would be good. We do two movies, so I'll pick another. <laughs> It'd be one. really weird if like we talked about my movie, and then you're like, "All right, now I'm gonna I pick this." I'm like, okay, I haven't watched it, so. <laughs> We should do an episode where we don't watch each other's movies and then we just describe it to each other. And we call it the Not See Party. <laughs> I just realized that's, say that's the exact podcast from Tusk. <laughs> um, all right. Look out for the Not See Party next or in two <laughs> weeks. Uh, Tell then, Taylor, where can people find us? I don't know. Oh, okay. Don't <laughs> find us anywhere. Get out of my way. They can find it at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at graveplotpodcast or on Twitter as grave underscore plot. Is that it? I knew you could do it. Oh, yeah. Patreon. Oh, I thought you said that. Patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast bring money. Yeah. We like money. I like money. Money, money. Spend, money spending's good. Yeah. Money keeps the lights on around here. So we can pay Taylor's electric bill. That's no, right. Not really. Okay. So look for us in a couple weeks, guys. Until then, we love you so much. I'm Taylor. Uh, no, I'm not Taylor Taylor. <laughs> I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. Me. <laughs> Me, Taylor of Terror. This has been the Grave Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. <laughs>